Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be another episode of Reforge Gaming News. Surprisingly, talking about Skull and Bones, never thought we'd actually ever be covering this game. It seems sort of shrouded in mystery, but also destined to not really come out and yet the leak i think shows promise so i'm going to go through that with you in just a brief moment then we're going to discuss it with the live audience if you like this type of content be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my live shows whenever i do them throughout the week if i'm not showing up in your feeds check your subscription lists as well as my channel we do talk shows all the time monday through friday even if i'm not showing up in your feed First, let's get down, though, to what exactly is in this leak and why I think it shows promise. This is a Reforge update. Skull and Bones leaked gameplay that I can't show you actually shows quite a bit of promise, and I'm going to tell you why. I've got all the details from that video. I watched it myself, but again, I cannot show it to you. It's basically getting taken down anywhere anybody puts it. Understandably, it was not supposed to be seen. If you like this quick update, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button, or head over to Reforge Gaming where I stream this live. So it was a footage of a technical test build of Skull and Bones, And this is a game that many people thought would probably never arrive or never launch, mainly because it sort of seemed like a non-starter after so many resets and restarts and delays. And also considering the fact of what they're setting out to do seems a tad strange, but I'm going to walk through everything they showed us. First, the word survive kind of pops up, and they talk about the the fact that there is a pirate den where you can craft new ships and equipment and get provisions for your journey. There's high-risk, high-reward contracts, and you can interact with other pirates. Now, this is kind of where you go to set the stage for your play session, whatever it is that you're going to be doing. Now, one of the things that you're going to be doing is raising your infamy. That seems to be sort of the primary driver of the content and what you're going to be doing. The infamy that you have will grow with contracts. There are penalties if you fail. Some of it can be shared in groups of up to three if you want to work on certain jobs and contracts with other people. Exploration, plundering, treasure hunting, big world events, and more. These are all of the various things that you can go out into the game and do. Now you're going to want to do preparation before you do that. They talked about stocking up on rations, water, repair kits, and ammunition. These are the things you want to make sure are actually on your ship before you head out. It did seem like you could sort of walk around these NPC areas, but there wasn't really any actual combat in third person. You're always on the ship for the most part. There's also customization for your character to make them look pretty nice. If you've played Sea of Thieves, you're familiar with the idea of primarily going out and doing things on your boat to make you, your boat, and your pirate look cooler. Now, as infamy rises, you get to craft bigger and stronger ships. Some of them even have their own unique playstyle. Since you're primarily engaging in ship combat, that makes sense. That's the one thing you're going to be getting into, and certain ships, I'm sure, will have some benefits as well as negatives. Your ship's health and crew morale must constantly be monitored so the actual ship itself can be repaired with repair kits, but morale is kind of always going down. Being at sea kind of sucks, and they're never truly happy, and they'll actually mutiny and take over if you don't give them food and drinks 
to improve morale. So this is one of the reasons you want to make sure the ship is fully stocked. Repair kits to take care of the ship, but then you need food and water to make sure your crew doesn't mutiny and then throw you overboard, okay? If you sink while you're out and about, which can happen, maybe you fail, maybe somebody else attacks you, you will lose some infamy and you will respawn at the closest port, and that means your some of your recargo- cargo is lost while some of it is recovered. You can retrieve the rest of it from the wreckage, but other players can steal it, so the PvP element as well as the potential for griefing is likely there. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Wildlife can be hunted for skins and meat. Again, we don't know exactly what that looks like. They showed like an alligator or something or a crocodile. It's like, well, am I shooting that from the boat or am I getting out of the boat? That remains to be seen. Or fiber and wood can be gathered and then refined to make crafting resources. This can help you build stronger ships, weapons, and furniture. Upgrades for your ship include things that give you higher hull HP, greater damage attacks, and faster sailing. So investing in certain aspects of the boat to make it, you know, better. Other players and privateers can attack you in the open seas, so PvP is there, as well as sort of these roaming pirates that can take you out. You can stop at an outpost. This is a safe spot for docking. There's vendors, there's cooking. You can store your cargo in a cache. So it did seem that once you're docked, you're sort of safe. Even if somebody wants to sort of grief an outpost, you may be able to offload some of your stuff to sort of minimize some of that pain. All of this can be done solo, but you can group up with friends for more challenging content like attacking forts, plundering settlements, and these will be the activities that are considered more challenging, the forts and the settlements. It is heavily laden, uh, there's also, I'm sorry, heavily laden merchant ship world events, so there are things happening out in the high seas and the water. Now, the reason I think this all shows promise is they're essentially building a pretty elaborate, pretty thoughtful pirate game. Now, you're not getting out and engaging in pirate shooting or sword fights or anything like that. Maybe that will come later. Maybe they just have that plan is a completely separate part of the game that we haven't seen a leak for yet. But overall, I think the idea sounds like it might be appealing to people. If you loved the sailing of Assassin's Creed Black Flag, that's essentially what inspired this entire game. I still think it's a pretty narrow offering given that some people might find the boat combat a little annoying or repetitive, but if that kind of play you know, excites you and you want to do that, sounds like they're building a pretty nice substantive lengthy good content loop for a live service game which shows promise i mean if from the beginning we knew this game wasn't going to be an rpg or an mmo but within its lane it sounds like they're actually building something that might be worth playing let me know what you think in the comments below as always check out reforge gaming where i stream these discussions live hit subscribe and the bell button and i'll see you in the next video And I'll see the rest of you right now. I honestly didn't think that we would ever be covering this game because I did not think this game was ever going to come out. (laughs) I honestly didn't. I thought there's just no way. This thing is just too shrouded in delays and mystery and confusion and it seems vague and just the idea alone seems like it might be a complete fool's errand you're going to be building a game where you're on your ship the entire time but I I think something like this could appeal to a lot of players if that's something that they enjoy and they're not just building a game where it's purely PvP it sounds like they thought through the idea of having an actual pirate ship live service game yo good morning feed good to see you in the chat guys make sure you go through all those 
morning rituals. Thank you for renewing your membership, Christopher. Uh, nine months of membership. Uh, we did get really close to the 500 membership goal last month. We're at like 470-something. So we only need about 25 more members to hit 500. I'm not sure what goal we'll set this month because we did want to unlock my wife having to play Elden Ring. If, if membership gifting comes this month, with I feel like it might. Uh, we might have to set that goal a little higher. But we would like to hit 500 to unlock the next emote slot uh make sure you smash the like button give us our first 100 likes if you're watching the vod or watching live consider all the various ways to support what we do uh the shirt i'm wearing is obviously a miles morales shirt from the spider-man collection over 80s tees you can become a paying member and you can order some coffee if you've never tried coffee with balanced acidity you should consider trying our coffee at rageousroast.com or you can try it with the link below or you can try it with the uh, the command in chat if that's easier for you. Uh, and we stream here Monday through Friday, and we don't really rely on YouTube's ad revenue structure for that uh, because we are not quite in the position to have that level of uh, viewership yet. We're just continuing to build and do uh, the most consistent and most regular show that we can. Uh, We believe that is something worth watching every day uh, and something that is, you know, lacking on TikTok. If you're watching on TikTok, the, the, you know, the audio quality, video quality. Uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I get three free grams. My subscription lasts until 2023, says Rhett Mitchell, Quiet Shy Girl and Grim Brother all over there on TikTok. Thanks for being here. Cardock with 16 months, says Triple Dippers Unite. 16 months of membership. Detom with nine months of membership. Guys, welcome back. Thank you so much for keeping those memberships alive. We appreciate everybody renewing membership. 23 more likes, so the first 100 likes over here on YouTube, and that does help out the video. I'm going to ask a very basic poll question today. Uh, I can't see the edge of it. Skull and Bones release date. Will you play it? Will you play this thing? Yes or no? I have no idea if it's going to be free or not. I'm just curious how many people are actually interested in this game. I I see the I see the ship combat getting old really quickly. I think that's going to be the biggest detriment to this game is that it essentially offers very unidimensional gameplay. As much as you can level up and upgrade and everything else, Mike, that would be my primary concern is that you're essentially building a pretty narrow offer. Game looks a lot like those war mobile games, World of Tanks, kind of a one-ship RTS or something. Yo, good morning, Donovan. Um, Overwatch 2 on your radar? No, I don't don't play or cover PvP games. I've been asked about Overwatch 2 quite a bit. I'm not quite sure why. Um, I, I don't, I don't, unless you just think of coverage, I suppose if something significant happens, I would cover it, but like, I don't have much to offer for PvP games. I don't really play them. Um, my input would be so superficial, you know, uh, Sorcerer of Havoc with 12 months, double dip, hit that like button. Thank you, Sorcerer, for a whole year of support over here on Reforge Gaming. I don't see how people can be hyped about this when it's essentially the same thing as what happened with Cyberpunk. You're going to have to elaborate how you think that this is similar to what happened with Cyberpunk. It better be better than Sea of Thieves, says Big Mad Mo. It's because the closed beta dropped, right? But there's nothing. I can't play games like that. I mean, I don't. I just. I'm always curious why people think I would dive into a PvP game. I just. I don't play them, touch them, cover them, like them. I. Don't, I don't give the impression at all that I'm interested in them. I've been asked a lot about that. I mean, I. There's nothing to say yet. I guess I don't know if if there's significant news 
I would cover it, you know, but couldn't a big game like Overwatch be good for viewers, though? Not necessarily, no. There's already tons of people that cover that game who are experts in it. It's the sequel to a pretty popular Blizzard game, so it would be kind of a fool's errand to think that anyone would want to watch us talk about it. I, We cover news. We don't cover games, if that makes sense. Like, I want to have discussions... I can't do a live show where I'm like, hey guys, let's talk about Overwatch 2 for two hours. Like, I have to be passionate about it. That's going to drive the convo, right? Now, if we get to a point where I can be doing like a variety gaming news show where I boot up and I have like four bullet points of news, like, hey guys, Overwatch 2 beta, hey guys, Jedi Fallen Order 2, hey guys, like, and I can list those things off, then that kind of gives us an atmosphere to talk about it. But like, I have to be passionate to talk about something like... We do a two-hour live show about gaming, and we, we're, we're centered around one topic a lot of the time, so it's difficult. There, that's one of the challenges sometimes when there's not a whole lot of news out there. I can't just grab a game because it's popular, you know? And I don't, I'm not going to appeal to Overwatch fans because I won't play the game and, and, and show them anything. <laughs> if I did play the game, I wouldn't show them anything worth watching, that's for sure. <laughs> They'd be like, this guy's terrible. I don't think there's a market for inexperienced players playing a game like that and learning their way. I think that from soft games, you can do that, right? Like sometimes people really, really like watching people play a game when they're inexperienced, but I think it has to be like in the right category. It would pull a bunch of people in that were overwatch watch heads and they would only talk about it every six months. Those people aren't happy. Well, and I think they largely like Overwatch fans would be like Valorant fans, right? They're they're looking for gameplay. They want to see somebody play. They want to see somebody put up a guide, strategy videos, etc. Which we would offer literally none of that. So it would almost be like, hey guys, Overwatch 2's doing stuff. And then again, that would be the extent of my knowledge and passion. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't go anywhere. Games like, uh, it just looks like Overwatch 1, 1 tank instead of 2. Yeah, we covered that, I believe, on Reforge updates when they when they dropped the, the, the team composition. They adjusted it, I mean. Not many people want to watch folks struggle with Overwatch, Dark Souls, however. Yeah, it's different when you're in the FromSoft world. I've learned that. People are a little bit more accepting of watching somebody absolutely fumble the ball in FromSoft. But, like, if you're going to boot up a game like that and you're going to play terribly, people are going to be like, why are you... This is this is a dumb. And I wouldn't be having fun. I played Overwatch back in the day with Harry's in chat. I played with Harry and She Knives and some other people. And it generally just wasn't that great because it just doesn't fit my play style. I'm not that kind of player. If anyone here wants to know about Overwatch 2, it's fun. The 5v5 change is good. Gameplay is more fun. Uh, Other than that, it's a UI update, says Harry. Yeah, I mean, we could get into some commentary what it does to the pro scene because it is going to change team comp and stuff like that. But it just generally isn't. It just generally isn't something I get too passionate about. To be fair, you did sit in orbit when you were SNTR back in the day. I'm not sure what that has to do with anything. Not comparing it to Cyberpunk, says Andrew, but the development of the game is somewhat similar. Do you really look at Skull and Bones, which has been in development for almost eight years and almost no actual update? Well, you gotta be you gotta be careful there, Andrew. You can't say that every game that's been in development for a long time is going to become Cyberpunk, right? I I, I do think games that have been in development for a while can come out and be good does that make sense i don't think it's automatic with the success of arcane i'm surprised there hasn't been another push for an overwatch show i mean maybe because they have the right art style it'd be like a little it'd be like a little pixar thing right 
That was on uh, Grim Brothers said that over there on TikTok. If you're watching on TikTok, man, thanks for being here. And uh, daily gaming talk show on multiple places. Um, because you were saying people would want gameplay. I tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna totally move on because I'm gonna get irritated, and I don't want to do that on Monday morning because I I don't feel like folks are uh, folks are making points that are worth engaging with about this subject. I really am curious what is happening. Um, but let's just move on and talk about the subject at hand, which is. Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones, I think, has potential. And I can say that it's a game that doesn't appeal to me. Like, I really don't think I would put in hours of play into Skull and Bones. Now, I say that, but I don't know. I I would try it. I would try it and be like, hey, you know, this is actually not too bad, right? This uh, This is actually not so terrible. But again, I just... I'm... I think it has potential because they're being thoughtful about making a live service game right they're they're being thoughtful about making a live service game double dip yo what's good grim brother it's a ubisoft game so i have zero confidence that it will be anywhere near as good uh and from what tom henderson has said about it it seems to be very one-dimensional that's my primary concern is that it'll be i one-dimensional unidimensional you know whatever the idea being like how long can you do ship combat before you're like okay I've kind of seen and heard everything right I've kind of seen and heard everything I've kind of this is a hey we already have a coffee order today just six minutes ago thank you so much a dark roast and a light roast to my man D-Tom thank you D-Tom that's our first coffee order today who's going to be the first new member on the channel click the join button or use the join the membership link below in the description or exclamation point join in the chat uh, 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 scared they're gonna have microtransaction heavy, right? That was the main thing that I thought of. Danzatastic is how are how are you gonna subsidize this game ongoing? That's always the question. Okay, I always have three questions if it's live service. What's the content loop? How is that content loop going to going to evolve and be ongoing? And how are you gonna subsidize this? Because the minute you step out and say, we're building a live service games, those are all the questions that I have. Okay, okay, it's it's a live service game. Okay, what's the content loop? What in the world am I doing? Okay, what's that going to look like in two to three months? Think about that in Skull and Bones. Like, what are you doing in two to three months? If your ship is awesome and big and huge and really strong and you basically can wreck, you know, most ships or missions that you come across... They're going to have to come up with something to up the ante. Now, I don't know if that includes getting off the boat and running around. I mean, I could see that. You know, they could call it the land ho update and be like, hey, we're going to actually let you get around and do pirate stuff, dig up treasure, get in gunfights, whatever the case may be. And then that opens up a whole new host of content loop options. Okay, because then you could get into like smaller boats and you can get into smaller skirmishes and you could do stuff on the actual islands themselves matthew johnson with 10 months of membership welcome back to reforge gaming thank you so much everybody maintaining those memberships if you're new and you've never been here before we're talking skull and bones there was leaked gameplay i watched it and i gave a rundown at the beginning of today's show i i'm I'm not can't show it to you but i think it shows promise but as i was saying that's the first question is what's the content loop the second question is how are you going to evolve it and third how will you subsidize this are you going to charge people money to to uh, again 
if it's just like ship combat, I feel like it's got to be free to play, maybe, which then goes to Dan's Atastic's concern is, are we going to get a cosmetic, you know, bludgeoning here? Just nothing but pirate stuff to be purchased? If it was only a PvE game, then it could be fun when comparing to Sea of Thieves. Upgrade your crew, maybe a land base. Yeah, maybe, maybe Daniel. I didn't enjoy the ship combat in AC Odyssey. The ship combat in AC Odyssey is very different, Quiet Shy, than the ship combat in Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Black Flag is what, essentially, Skull and Bones is built from. The bones of that game, essentially. Sounds like they have quite a bit of PvE content, says Victor. I'm wondering if they will adopt a flag for PvP similar to New World. Every article about this game up until now has been really harsh, and then after this leak, we hear comparison to games that were embraced. Yeah, I, there there are comparisons. Somebody said like it's going to be more akin to like Anthem or Destiny, where you like go back to the hub, get all your stuff, and then go out and do your thing. Again, pun intended. It was not pun. No, I didn't intend to do that. The idea being that like if you accept it for what it is it actually has potential now but that's a big if okay accepting it for what it is i think that's the biggest barrier for this game the biggest barrier for skull and bones is it's just a pirate ship battle game kind of like is that going to be enough to keep people coming back we we've learned from arena shooters that when you have sort of a contained experience it can get old really really quickly now the beauty of a pirate ship game is maybe you get a different pirate ship maybe you get more than one maybe you're playing with your friends like it's not just always the same it's not always the same maps but again i do think any game that limits itself in that way how are you going to get treasure now if not by getting off the boat that's what i want to see i want to see that fleshed out butters because they talk about hunting animals as well good morning sandy how do you hunt animals from the boat like what am i going to be doing getting out like are we going to literally pull up next to the island am i getting out like a sniper rifle and is it kind of like a cheesy sort of mini game where i'm like you know playing duck hunt from my pirate ship I thought I heard resource management. Where's the collection of resources? Yeah, no, there's resources. There is. There is, uh, where did I read it here? Ore, fiber, and wood are gathered and refined to make crafting resources. Now, I don't know if that's you just going up to the island, right? It's going to be like Horizon, says uh, Rhett Mitchell on TikTok. What do you mean by that? (laughs) Heavy Metal Mama says fishing. Well, yeah, plenty of that, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, am I just getting off the ship and like grabbing a crate and that crate has ore, fiber, and wood in it? Am I walking around and gathering? Am I chopping trees down? Is it going to have that new world thing? I don't know. We did, The video didn't show. It just sort of mentioned it in passing. It just sort of mentioned it in passing. So I don't, I don't honestly know how they're going to handle the gathering of resources. Will it be something that's involved? Will it feel interesting? Yeah, whaling. Will there be anything like that? No, there is PvP in the game, Lewis. Yes. See if these is the best pirate game out there. Listen, I'm going to have to side with Danny on this one. If you're looking for a pirate game and you can deal with the rough edges, I think Sea of Thieves is the best pirate game out there. And that's the question. And this is where I do think Skull and Bones will outshine Sea of Thieves. The boat combat in Skull and Bones actually looks really crazy, involved, and good and got a lot of mechanics to it. 
Sea of Thieves is pretty basic, man. You, you got a couple of cannons and you're just kind of roaming around and shooting a bunch and then repairing a bunch and shooting a bunch and repairing a bunch. Like it's, there's a bit of a, um, there's a bit of a flat tire element to the way that Sea of Thieves combat plays out. Still no idea where the game might eventually be played or what they've promised about the live service aspects. Right, I think you asked about platforms, Derek. I would imagine this is going to be on every platform except for the Switch. I, 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 if they built it on the engine, if they built it on the foundation of Assassin's Creed Black Flag, that's an old enough game that they could make this work on, on the older consoles like the PS4 and the Xbox One. And then, you know, it would certainly look probably better and run better on the newer consoles, but that that's that's what I would guess. See if Thieves is such a cosmetic grind and it bores me. I do think, I've said this before, I think Sea of Thieves is the most contradictory game. It's the most juxtaposed game I think I have ever played in my life. Seriously. It's the most juxtaposed game I've played in my entire dadgum life. And what I mean is, basically, the way that that game is set up is you grind your freaking face off and you do it for pretty casual rewards. <laughs> it's, it's like, dude, you gotta grind for like eight hours a day and what am I gonna get? You can buy a better pirate hat. What? Like, shark, uh, Savage Shark Bite with nine months of membership, double dipping for life. I appreciate it. $5 tip from Mr. Glum. It's Monday, y'all. I'm here to remind you to start it off by drinking Rageless Roast Coffee. The light roast will lighten your day. Hey, thank you very much. Guys, you can use that coffee command. Check it out over there. If you've never tried coffee with balanced acidity, give it a try. People in chat will tell you how good it is. I'm having dark roast this morning. Sea of Thieves is more of a pirate simulator than a game. Somewhat, yeah. Combat is dope in Sea of Thieves if you know what you are doing. I'm not necessarily saying that the combat's bad, Mo, but I feel like the combat in Skull and Bones is a lot more involved. There's more going on. You've got more weapons. You've got upgrades to your ship you can buy. You can get different versions of the ship, different sizes. They come with different play styles. Sea of Thieves is... is the, the combat's pretty straightforward. Now listen, sometimes that can make for really good gameplay when it's just pretty straightforward and simplistic and not super complicated. I think that's one of the things that Sea of Thieves gets right. But I also think, like somebody was saying, this seems like it's going to be a pretty one-dimensional game or unidimensional game where you're essentially doing that. Rhett Mitchell says on TikTok, because I'm Horizon, you could craft resources. I don't know if it's going to be anything like Horizon, though. You're in a boat most of the time. Heavy Metal Mama says, the game intrigues me, but I really got to see more. I want to see combat loop beginning to end. It's great to show combat in the boats, but like we kind of know what that looks like, right? What's good gritter? What's the loop itself? I, I, I know what combat in a ship looks like at a pretty general level, at a generic level. Sounds pretty monodimensional. Isn't it, is it, is unidimensional and monodimensional the same thing? What, what's the difference between the two? Good morning, Gritter. I mean, look at Minecraft. It's very basic, says Danzatastic. That's true. Black Flag with PvP. I got a bad feeling about this. (laughs) I poured my mega pint of coffee this morning. Yeah, guys, make sure and pour yourself a mega pint of coffee this morning, especially if it's Rageless Roast. Looks like we got another order. We did two coffee orders for the day already. A bag of light roast to Uncle Brada Cuz. 
Yo, I hope you enjoy that, Uncle. I really, really do. If you guys are trying it for the first time, Light Roast is probably the easiest and most introductory coffee to drink out there. Um, and keep in mind, the coffee is ours. You're not supporting a sponsor. My wife and kids ship it to you with like little thank you notes. You're essentially supporting a family business, and we appreciate you doing that. Thank you today for tuning in on a Monday morning. We're here throughout the week, so make sure and hit subscribe if you want to talk in our chat and chime in with what's going on. I need a mega pint of Jack Daniels. <laughs> uh, what games don't have crafting nowadays? True. Is PvP always on in Skull and Bones? Power Soldier, I have no idea. Now, they said, this, this is an indication, I'm going to guess that it's always on, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. It wouldn't, I hate to say it, but it wouldn't be much of a pirate game if it wasn't always on. I hate to say that, but it's true. It wouldn't be much of a pirate game if it wasn't always on, which is something that I fundamentally disagree with about in CFDs, but that's a whole other debate, okay? So at a, at a foundational level, I think they would say, like, listen, it's got to be on all the time. you got to be at a potential under threat, you know, or what, what, what's the, what's, how is it a pirate game? Number two, in the actual leaked video, they said the following. When your ship sinks, you lose a portion of your cargo. You save some of it, but you lose a portion, and it's out at sea where you where your wreckage is. Now, you can go back and get it, but they said that other players can steal it. So that, to me, says that it's, it's always on. Because if you're going to go out and you're going to try and get your stuff back and there's the potential that someone's in the way of that, that doesn't mean that you flag for PvP. Because if not, you would just... Who would ever flag for PvP when, like, recapturing their stuff? Does that make sense? I honestly wish Ubisoft would just open up about BG and E2. Be all Beyond Good and Evil 2, either way, is it cancelled? I, I don't think... I, I feel like that game is never coming out. That's another one that it's just like, I, I just don't know, man. I just don't know. Uh, what kind of game is it? Yeah, we know nothing, Sean. I don't think a lot of coffee... I don't drink a lot of coffee, says Dan's Atastic, but I got some of the Rageous Roast when it first came back. It's tasty, but the Light Roast is so strong, I was not ready for it. Oh, Really? I've never had anybody say the light roast is strong, but hey, you know, everybody's different. Kept a little bit of creamer in it. When they release Hogwarts Legacy news, are you going to be covering it? Yeah, we've already covered Hogwarts Legacy once. You don't have to ask that many times, my man. I read chat pretty extensively. Um, We already covered it once. First new member of the day, BMAC, pushing us a little bit closer. My eye has got like, it's like driving me crazy. Oh, I got it. It was like some scratch over there or something. Anyway, BMAC, first new member of the day, pushing us a little bit closer to 500 members. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. Thank you so much. Guys, don't forget we do an extra stream on Thursday and then Friday night stream is members only. My wife and I had a blast this last Friday playing Nintendo Switch Sports. You guys missed it. We had to get extra um, Joy-Cons so we could, like, like, because we want to play the soccer. <laughs> you, tune in this week again. We'll probably be playing it again. We'll probably be playing it again. If I, I don't know. 500 members seems a little too low to make her play uh, Elden Ring. Light roasts are stronger. In, with caffeine, yeah, but they're not stronger as far as, like, the taste. I guess that's maybe what he meant. Another buyout this morning. I didn't feel like covering it. I'm so tired of covering buyouts. They're so not interesting. No one seems to care. It's just always like, yeah, cool. Another big company bought a bunch of company. You know what I mean? 
I didn't want to cover it. I saw the news break and I was kind of like, yeah, who ca- who freaking cares at this point? <laughs> who freaking cares at this point? See if these was a massive failure, says Butters. So uh, Skull and Bones might fall flat, but eventually get to the Sea of Thieves and No Man's Sky Redemption. I think Sea of Thieves would redeem itself and immediately have tons of players if they would just give a PvE-only option. I'm telling you right the frick now, that's the, that's the way forward for that dadgum game. They're so good at the storytelling, and they're so good at the adventures and, and, and the environment and the music. Just, just shed this stupid, stubborn idea. That's going to be Skull and Bones' biggest barrier. That's going to be your biggest barrier. Is this PvP always on crap? People don't like that. If PvP is always on, says Victor, but you don't lose everything, I would like to know what portion means. 50? 25%? What about public events? Griefing, is that possible? A lot of questions. Yep. Yo, 14 months of membership over here on gaming. Thank you, Creature. Welcome back. Massive failure? You're kidding, right? A lot of people think that Sea of Thieves didn't do very well. Uh, Another buyout? Who bought who? Uh, what it, what, what's their name? Uh, where's my gaming news category? Crystal Dynamics and Montreal Square Enix have been purchased by Embracer Group. And, uh, yeah, so that's like Tomb Raider and a couple other properties. I would try to see if these again, if they had a PVE only option. See if these is healthy. There's literally no way to know that. They bragged about a million players and their Steam numbers are freaking terrible. Just watch the gameplay, not for me, says John always. The PV, the POV from the helm would annoy me, even if it's accurate. The deck sails take up all the screen. Well, when you're actually in combat, John, it doesn't stay there. It does different things. It does different things when you, like, turn to the side and want to aim and stuff. It's not always back there. I saw footage of them, like, zoomed in on a ship. You get, like, an arch. You get, like, a... It's not always like that. Uh, they have the blueprint. Pirates of the Caribbean Online was the blueprint. Just copy it. Well, that uh, and both Avengers games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both Avengers games. See if these is an amazing game with a design that demands players learn to play the game. Sure. Yeah. And look at your Steam numbers. Nobody plays for very long, and there's a reason for that. Go read all of the negative feedback. This is exactly why Skull and Bones needs to take note. Like, if Skull and Bones wants to take note, look at look at Sea of Thieves player base numbers. Steam means nothing. They bragged about 25 million plus. Yeah, you would think with those kind of numbers, Mo, there would at least be a reasonable amount of people playing it on Steam. So they're hitting those kinds of numbers, and it's not even a top 10 game on Xbox gaming list. Like, we've been through this before. You have no way of substantiating the claim. All signs point to, no, it's not doing well. It's not doing well on Steam. And when you go to the Xbox most played games, it's nowhere near the top 10 or even top 20, I don't think. Where's that list? Let's see where it lands. Where's the list of the most played games on Xbox? Following the same dadgum pattern as Halo Infinite. That's what Skull and Bones has to think about. Yo, Silent Warrior with nine months. Keep up the great work. Double Dipper, welcome back, my friend. Thank you, thank you. I have friends. If I have friends playing uh, on Steam, I can't play with them with Xbox Game Pass. That's a big fail. I know Steam numbers uh, are all we've got, but see if these was released on Steam quite late in its life cycle. It was Xbox ETC first. Numbers don't mean crap when you get to play it for free. I'm genuinely curious what the day or play, daily player base numbers are like for that game. 
Really, really, really. New coffee orders? We got any more? Let me check, Red Rhino. Thank you for being here over there on the TikTok. Nope, just two coffee orders so far for the day. And uh, and one new member. We're inching closer to 500 members. We need like 25 more, so that's one. So we need 24 more. It's in 30th right now. So as far as most played games on Xbox, it's in 30th. Come on, I just, I don't know. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. It's next to GTA Online. Oh wait, is it that high? Are, we might be wrong then. What number is that? It's it's above Halo Infinite, which that's not the greatest place to be. GTA Online is probably larger on PC and Sony. So that's not necessarily a huge indication. Um, it's right above Overwatch and Valhalla. Come on. Come on. Over there on the TikTok. That's right. Over there on the tickety talk. Lono showing some age. That's right. I love Elden Ring, but imagine Elden Ring multiplayer like Sea of Thieves. Well, you can play Elden Ring that way if you want. If you want people coming into your game and killing you, you can, you can open it up for that. Pirates of the Caribbean Online was a perfect balance of foot, ship, PvE, PvP. They just got the game right. Yeah, I tend to agree with what Creature's saying. Yes, I agree with that. It was. It was a good blend. Let's be honest, Ubisoft kind of has a bad reputation right now. Bad repetition. I know what you mean, though. (laughs) Uh, Congratulations. 25 million people have played our game. 23 million didn't play more than two hours, but hey, says Eugene. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, like I don't want to sit here and dog on Sea of Thieves because I think Sea of Thieves gets a lot of things right. But I think that something Skull and Bones has got to consider is Sea of Thieves. I don't think you can just chalk that up as just a total success story. That game should be absolutely booming. It should be booming. A consistently updated, battle pass driven, very well designed pirate game. And it's down there with Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite has fallen drastically on Xbox popular games, like most played games. And Sea of Thieves is down there with it. And they just did an update. Sea of Thieves just did an update recently. It's not even... Why would there be a top 10 game, though? It's a first-party title. What do you mean? It's, 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 It's literally a first-party Microsoft title. And it's a good game. Sea of Thieves should be top five all the time, in my opinion. It should be up there. It's a first party. It's a first party title. It's built by Rare. It's dadgum free with Game Pass. There's no excuse for that game to not consistently be at the top. They literally just did an update. Sea of Thieves sales are impressive. Total playtime is not good. I'm telling you, you have to look at the bigger picture on Sea of Thieves. It's a really pretty car that no one wants to drive. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's a ton of people bought it. And then, no, it's it's not getting the player base that it should. No way that's overselling, thinking it should be a top 10 game in this market. I think when you have a first-party live service title made by Rare that was just recently updated, yes, I think it should be in top 10. If you're eight to nine months away from a release, yeah, fine, you can slip out of top 10. They just did an update. It should cre- it should automatically creep right back into top 10 after doing an update. Why does it need to be top five, especially with that Game Pass offer? 
I don't understand. I'm. What do you mean, MJ? It should be top ten. It's available to everybody that has Game Pass. Isn't Game Pass supposed to be super amazing for your funnel? Is it supposed to be a great a great push for your game? I'm not saying that Sea of Thieves doesn't have a niche offering of gameplay because you're in a boat and it's piratey and the shooting mechanics aren't that great. That game, right after an update, should consistently be able to get into top 10. I don't see why anybody would think not. AAA game, first party dadgum title. That's the home platform. Why would... What? Microsoft is known for its multiplayer games. I agree. I remember Sea of Thieves before it coming out. I was pumped for it, says Greg Shaw on TikTok. Vengeance with nine months of membership in a tier two. That seems like a lot of hearsay, and for that reason I object. Regardless, come spend $5 per month to get a neat joystick to play with. Yeah, guys, you can become a member for five bucks a month. I know people don't do that on YouTube as much, but we do offer extra content Thursday afternoons and Friday nights, uh, and it does support the channel directly. Because of all the BR games and sports games... I mean, I'll grant your point, Paul, that all the BR games and sports games are a significant challenge for a game like Sea of Thieves to pull decent numbers, but what's in the top 10? Like, what's in the top 10 right now? What are we talking about on radio today? We are going to try something on Mondays that might help me, because this whole chasing a topic, chasing like a relevant news story thing, I don't like it. Um, here and there, I think it's fine, but... I thought we could do like moral musings on Mondays. You guys know I like alliteration. So we're going to ask the question today, why is lying wrong? <laughs> and is it wrong? Why is it wrong? Right? I mean, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I was I looked at I looked at a lot of different perspectives on this. Uh, it should be fun. I, it might be fun to take like real cool moral questions on a Monday and just bat it around. Just what do you think? Why is it wrong? When is it okay to do it? Is it always wrong to do it? That should be fun. I just chasing the chasing the cultural topics is fun, but we always end up on the same dadgum things. You know what I mean? It's not always wrong. Well, bring it, bring it. It'll be a fun debate. Yo, feed chicken one, our second new member of the day. Thanks for clicking the join button. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You're dope and deserve dope stuff. You deserve dope stuff like a. Extra piece of content on Thursday afternoons and Friday nights. Thanks so much. If we get enough members, man, you guys are going to make my wife play Elden Ring. I I think we shoot for 600 this month. You got a whole month to hit 600 members. I think we can get 120 members in a month. That's nothing. That's nothing. That's 30 members a week. That's, That's nothing. Come on. Come on. That's six members a day. We can do that. That's, that's, that's lightweight. That's lightweight work. I tell you that you're great every day. See, it's not always wrong. (laughs) Shut up. I think if Sea of Thieves was made by a studio not affiliated with Game Pass, that game would have been way better. All right, hang on. Yeah, let's look. Okay, most played games. The top nine, Fortnite, FIFA, Call of Duty. I know that. Okay, that's not fair. Then Roblox, FIFA, Grand Theft Auto. Okay, so the top six, come on. what You can't compete with those. Apex, Siege, and Elden Ring. Okay, get me out of the top nine. Get me out of the top nine. That th- that's, that's, that's really hard. I'm going to be fair to Sea of Thieves and say that, like, most of those games in the top nine are, are insurmountable to a certain degree. Like, you're not going to overtake Fortnite, Roblox, FIFA, and Grand Theft Auto, and Apex. Like, get the frick out of here. That that's I think that's a well-made point that that getting, getting in there is really, really going to be a challenge. 
Okay, so maybe I'm overstating my case. Okay, okay. I actually am gonna I'm gonna concede that. I'm gonna concede that. I don't think it's fair to expect Sea of Thieves to be top ten. I actually overstated my case. Because given those games, I, I can't see a game like Sea of Thieves overtaking them. I can't see it. Where is Sea of Thieves right now on that list though? Where is it? It's not wrong nowadays. Everyone has their own... No, 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 no. Stop it. Stop it. We're not talking about that now. That's for radio. I'm not going to tell you guys what we're talking about on radio anymore. I'm just going to make you freaking wait because you all start talking about it anyway. No. No. (laughs) Stop. We have two channels. Creature's like, are we being foolish? Are we being bold? Which is it? I'm like, I don't know. We're trying to do two completely different channels. And it seems like it might be a fool's errand. Don't make it a fool's errand. Don't. Don't make it a fool's errand. Let me have two very distinct channels. All right? (laughs) I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. We like to discuss things here. I don't think it needs to compete with other titles, says Creature. It does really underperform based on the quality. Uh, I have to plan if it's a good topic. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm being facetious. I like telling you guys the topic ahead of time, but it's so hard. If it's a good topic, people start diving in right away. Top 30 is better than I expected. Where can we discuss this? I'm not, yeah, I don't care. I don't, I don't don't want to talk about that stuff right now. Um... <clears throat> All right, take the poll in chat. Let's get 200 likes. Where are we on the like count? 149. We can get 50 likes real, real quick. We can get 50. We're having actually a pretty scrappy day. We tried something we haven't tried in a while. I scheduled the stream last night, and I I don't know if that helps you guys or not. I, it, it helps me, but it also hurts because that means I got to do more work at night. So we're going to test that and see how you respond to it this week and kind of how I feel about it because it's just more for me to do at night. But at the, but at the same time, uh, if it's if it's good, if it's a good if it's a good move, then we'll uh, we'll see we'll see how it feels. But in any case, thanks for being here. We're discussing Skull and Bones, which obviously is getting us on the subject of Sea of Thieves. Okay, Skull and Bones release date or or Skull and Bones gameplay. Will you play it? The poll has 252 votes. Most people are saying no. It seems to be about a 60-40 split. Most people are like, nah, man, I'm not I'm not playing that game. And I do, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, listen, Skull and Bones, you better be paying attention to Sea of Thieves because the feedback on Sea of Thieves is going to be one of the primary things that makes people either play your game or not touch it ever. If the topic takes off, I say blanket and boot up radio. No, 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 no. We can't do that. We have to have some consistency. What is Skull and Bones? I thought it was Sea of Thieves DLC. No, it's not. It's a. It's okay. For those of you that don't know, if you ever played Assassin's Creed Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I have to be so careful when I say that. I misspoke once. <laughs> It's bad. It's very bad if you mispronounce that one. Assassin's Creed Black Flag. If you ever played that one, there was ship combat in that game, which is essentially the foundation for Skull and Bones. It has nothing to do with Sea of Thieves. Now, the reason we're talking Sea of Thieves is because Sea of Thieves is probably the only 
good pirate game out there. And I mean, obviously I say good subjectively because some people think it's terrible or it sucks or they think, you know, a few minor tweaks and I'd play the ever-loving snot out of it. Like, I'm one of those people. I would absolutely play, I would play the Dickens out of some Sea of Thieves with my wife if there was, if I could just turn the PvP off. And I, we're not going to get into that debate because it's, it's just a, a waste of effort. Everybody has their positions and no one's giving up. As the game, as the game sinks, I'm telling you that game is sinking. In any case, I think that Skull and Bones should take notes from Sea of Thieves, okay? Because when you have a game that centers around a narrow offering, it's sort of niche, and you've got PvP on all the time, that is a recipe for a potential disaster. Uh, da, 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 knowledge is most valuable item in existence. Oh, 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 yeah. Greg Shaw, if you like those types of topics, man, I don't know, I don't know. I want to stream this kind of stuff. I think that I think those kind of topics are better for TikTok, to be quite honest. We'll see if the gaming talk show ever takes off over here. I don't know. I don't know. I think that I think that stuff's more interesting to people over there. YouTube Lurker with a $10 tip. I was true to my name since 2019. Then Lono made Friday night members only. I missed two nights and then made a YouTube just to join. Well played, good sir. Well played. We did it! <laughs> Chat, we did it. We converted a non-login YouTube lurker to make an account and become a member. And all it took was was three years of streaming <laughs> and a members only incentive. That's all it took, you know? Creating quality content for three years was wasn't enough. We had to we had to add that member incentive. The game sinks. These puns today are great. Yeah, the game is sinking. It's taking on water. <laughs> did anyone play the gnome airship game? Can't think of the name. No, I did not. Hey Lono, is there is there two in the industry for a pirate BR if done right? I think you're meaning to say, is there room in the industry for a pirate BR done right? Okay. I mean, listen, anytime you're going to have combat, that's, that's niche. Okay. Okay. So if you, if you look at Fortnite, look at apex, look at call of duty, look at Valorant, look at all of the successful games that are like really, really big in the PVP market. What do they offer? Okay. They offer an accessible catalyst. Okay, they offer an accessible catalyst. The minute you leave accessible catalyst land and you go into, well, our game is totally different. You're going to be on a pirate ship the whole time. And not only are you going to be in a pirate ship the whole time, but you can be attacked by anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's going to be a huge challenge. It really, really is. This doesn't sound like they're trying to do Battle Royale Pirate, though, by the way. They gotta have some kind of free roam server that doesn't have PvP. I could see people saying that with 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 Skull and Bones, the same way they said it with Sea of Thieves. Like, bro, I, 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 don't, I don't want PvP on all of the time. I don't want to be concerned with these things. I, I definitely think that could be a consistent request from people. This idea of, oh, it's a pirate game. Well, okay, it's, but nobody, like, think of it this way. Think of it this way. I've been thinking about how to broach this subject because 
commonly you will hear people say this about from software games i don't want to play a game like that i just want to come home and relax and you know what people typically say people typically say well this game's not for you then it's not really a game to come home and relax with unless of course this is something that you love and you you do relax by playing it okay but generally speaking, that's the pushback from, from from software fans and people that love Dark Souls and people that love Elden Ring. It's like, well, okay, this game isn't for you then. In a similar vein, if you say that about Sea of Thieves, you're like, well, I, I, I don't want to be attacked all night. I, I just want to play a nice, relaxing game where I sail around and get treasure, and that's kind of the gist of it. And someone might say, yeah, well, then this game's not for you. The reason... The reason I find that argument to be less compelling when used in defense of Sea of Thieves is because look at the core mechanics of the game and look at the core game offering. It's not a game with elaborate or complex systems of combat. It doesn't actually have combat that is significantly challenging or difficult or precise, okay? So it's an arcade game that's taking itself too seriously, in my opinion. You look at Elden Ring and it's like, there's this deep building system and RPG and precise and punishing combat and finesse and practice and strategy and intelligence and awareness and endurance all flows into a game that is holistic and it has a single unifying identity. That's not true of Sea of Thieves. And that's certainly not going to be true of Skull and Bones. It's like, I don't understand. It's There's no single unifying identity here that paints this picture that, oh, you better watch out. There's there's pirates af- afoot. But it's, like, it's, it's like an arcade game. I, wh- why do I want to play a game that's taking itself that serious, right? Yo, Lono, what's good? Is that kill you over there on, uh, on TikTok? I don't know how Ubisoft can pull this off, says MJ. Their business model is not considered stellar. XP boost over monetization and the glorious Ubisoft vomit map. That reason isn't that great for an always online live service that lives or dies based on the size of the player base. Another well-made point, Eugene. There is a gigantic difference between basically saying, oh my gosh, we, we, we don't care if people don't like our game. You know, I love you, Lona. You're my dad. No, no, I, I've got two kids of my own. I don't need any more. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, it's if this is meant to be a live service game, if this is meant to be a game that that is that is carried by people playing, by people logging in, then that's ultimately the question, is it not? Are you are you creating something that's going to do the same thing that Sea of Thieves did? Are you creating something that's going to do? the same thing that that essentially essentially um from soft games do that do they not from soft games do that they they create an environment where you you aren't welcome you, you know you're not like hey come on in and play no you better get good or you're not going to get anywhere that's essentially what the game is constantly telling you so that's the real question is can you have a live service game that's largely built around something that seems pretty arcadeish like come and be a pirate come and get in pirate fights pirate ship fights can you do that if it's like oh man it's a pvp's on all the time people are wrecking you and stealing your stuff and griefing you and griefing the outposts or griefing the public events like these are all questions they have got to answer 
Yo, good morning. Good morning, Bell5900. Sailing around forever and pulling up wreckage for supplies and currency gives me nightmares of Zelda Wind Waker. Is my pirate ship going to be an NFT? (laughs) I'd rather play Elden Ring in a boat with a few enemies than anything Ubisoft offers. Just saying, says MGene. High Power Soldier says, Hopefully Skull and Bones has PvE. I really don't want to be chased down by a stack crew every time I log in. Molback says, I wish there was a no invade option in Elden Ring when playing online. I put my time aside helping a friend or the other way around and we always get invaded, usually by endgame chads. Well, just wait to wait to help your friend until you're at a boss then. Come on, be smarter than the, than the chads. Your friend, like, with respect, I'm not trying to talk down to anybody, but does your friend need help in the open world? If your friend needs help in the open world, then I, I don't I don't know. That seems to be that's that's where I would primarily find that happening. Can they not manage it in the Elden Ring open world? Like help them when they're in a boss fight. You know, jump at a party. You're both working on stuff, right? You're both doing stuff, and then he gets to a boss and jump in and help him. If your friend needs help in the open world, then I'm sorry. Like that's that's kind of what that should happen. If you're leaning on a buddy, a co-op buddy in the open world in Elden Ring, yeah, you're going to get invaded. You're making the easiest part of the game even easier. Does that make sense? I'm not, again, I'm not, your situation might be different. I don't know. Maybe they struggle with the map or something and you're just trying to help them navigate to cool places. And I could get that being pesky and annoying getting invaded. I, I can see that angle. But at the same time, it's like, you know, there's wikis, there's guides, there's a map. There, you know, you're on the party system. Doesn't setting a password help stop invades? No, the minute you're playing co-op, you can be invaded. That's 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 the online conundrum. Is that's how they balance it? Is like, well, you got a buddy playing with you. Yeah, well, we're you can be invaded now. When you have somebody playing with you, the boss health goes up too. I I think does it not? We need 18 more likes for 200 likes. If you're enjoying the show, we're here Monday through Friday. I do a safe for work video game radio talk show. And a lot of people throw me on in the background like a podcast. If I'm not in your recommended feed, then be sure to check your subscription list or my channel. We go live Monday through Friday. Like I said, a lot of people just put me on. They leave me on in the background. So make sure and hit subscribe if you want to talk in the chat. Take our poll at the top of the chat. We're talking skull and bones gameplay or Skull and Bones release date, will you play it? We're getting a 60-40 split on the poll. We'd love to hear from you in chat as well. Kill you says, I will say, Lono, I've had some great times in Sea of Thieves. I do see your point, though, for a PvE-only mode. Yeah. You can be invaded even when you summon an NPC character. Don't be confused with a spirit... Not to be confused with a spirit summon. Right. Lono, it could be the friend is handicapped. Right, like, I'm not trying to act like that's not a special circumstance, but with respect to the special circumstance, if I'm to respect that person, they're going to get the same gameplay experience that the rest of us get. Like, they don't need things to be toned down for them out of respect for their ability, okay? Their, their limited motor skills or movements, whatever it is, is that is potentially hindering them, I would respect them and say, no, you have to play the same game everybody else does. Accessibility to allow you to play is not the same as, like, turning off invades. I beat Radon and Renala Saturday night. Good for you, man. Good for you. 
And I think what we're talking about with Invades and Elden Ring is analogous to Skull and Bones. If you want to boot up Skull and Bones and have a good time with playing as a pirate, you basically have to accept the fact that people can mess with you. The same thing is true in Sea of Thieves. It's like, you just have to accept that that's part of the game. Do you know what I do? I do with Sea of Thieves what many people should do with Elden Ring and Dark Souls games. I don't play Sea of Thieves. I don't play it. I tell the game what would make me play it, and then I don't play it. It's like a PvE-only mode, I would play that game regularly with my wife. Every time there's an update, I would play. Every time there's a new thing, I would play. 100%. No doubt in my mind, I got two TVs in my living room. We tried it one night. It was awesome until it wasn't. And, And I don't play it. I quite literally do exactly what people should do with FromSoft games. Instead of trying to argue the game into submission or into something else, uh, you know, that it isn't, just don't play. Is there a release date for Skull and Bones? No. No, there is no release date. Apparently, folks are predicting it might surprise, be like a surprise release this year. If you can level up in Skull and Bones... It could be 10 times worse than Sea of Thieves, says Paul. That's actually a really, really good point. So if you think about the difference between Skull and Bones and Sea of Thieves, in Skull and Bones, you can actually level up your boat. You can increase your hull HP, your sailing speed. Let me read to you some of the other things that were listed. Greater damage attacks. Okay. Stronger ships, weapons. All of these things can be done. Which means you could potentially encounter somebody who is stronger than you. Right? You don't lose because you're bad. You might lose because their ship is enormous or strong or fast or whatever. You can't change any of that in Sea of Thieves. One of the things they always insisted on in Sea of Thieves was that they would not give you any advantages in the game for playing a lot. People who play a lot in Sea of Thieves have basically essentially what they do is they get prettier I mean that's it like right see if thieves you get prettier you don't you don't do really anything else invasions by other players are canon to the PVE uh, there's no separating that feature ever says distorted MJ talks with a $10 tip through super chat on YouTube how can you be make this game successful, especially with the ravenous appetite of the hardcore gamer. I do... They cater to people, to me, that have the hardcore mindset, but play casual due to the time restriction. Oh, like, what do they do? Or how do they? How do they... How do they cater to people like me? Well, this is the dilemma, MJ. This is the dilemma with every game. Do you know what... You want to know what the dilemma is? The committed players are basically carnivorous and they can absolutely devour the game itself and the community and they don't do it with ill intent maybe they do eventually but they don't do it with ill intent but the really really hardcore really committed players can actually cannibalize the game think about it in a game like skull and bones let's say the game's out for one month you get three to four weeks in what's going to happen is you will, as you do with every game, you will have committed players who play like crazy. 
And they play, and they play, and they play, and they play, and they play. And they're strong, and they figure out the fastest exploits and routes. Maybe they figure out some combat things that are just absolutely busted and crazy. Well, if you shoot them with this, it puts fire on their boat, and then you do this, and it compounds it and multiplies it, and you're like, okay, cool. They know life the game. Well, what's going to end up happening is that can drive players away. It can drive new players away, existing players. It can drive people away who've been kind of playing since the beginning, and now they kind of feel like the game is a flat tire. They're like, well, every time I boot this game up, I'm running into Johnny No Life, and Johnny No Life is absolutely unbeatable. He's super strong. Now, this works against itself in two ways. Number one, Johnny No Life is getting bored and his boredom increases the cannibalization. Think about it. The mentality of a player like that is, I've sunk all this cost into this game of time and investment. I'm going to I'm going to get something out of it. So they squeeze and they squeeze and they squeeze and that squeezing drives out your mid lanes and your casual players. They're like frick this. I'm not playing this dadgum game. But what ends up happening? See, this is what's so... This is the grand irony of the situation. Is they drive all those players away, which leads to a heightened sense of boredom and frustration, which leads them to stop playing. So you end up losing players on both ends of the spectrum for almost... For very similar reasons. You got Johnny No Life, you got Timmy No Thumbs, you got Johnny Credit Card. Yeah. If your name is Johnny, I'm sorry. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Every game struggles with this. Do you want to know why skill-based matchmaking and and trying to protect your your low-level, you know, not-so-great players is so vitally important? Do you want to know why when we played Fortnite the other night and we played the no-build option? Do you want to know why we basically won the entire night? Because we played bots about 75% of the time. Why? Well, it analyzed those of us that were playing. It saw a ton of super low-level players. And it was like, yeah, this is the only way you're going to play for an extended period of time. This is the only way that we turn you into a potential purchaser. You know? 260 some odd people here. Can we get seven more likes? We need to hit these like milestones. That really, really helps out. We've got we've had a good turnout today for a what I would consider to be a a weaker a weaker topic. I know skull and bones is like people. A lot of people are like skull and bones. Really? Like you talking about skull and bones? Are you are you are you freaking kidding me? I think the game has potential. I think all the pitfalls we're talking about right now are are a potential hindrance to its success. So, I mean, if, if, where would you classify yourself? I have a friend named Johnny. I take offense. Okay. Where would you classify yourself? Are, are you the hardcore player? Do you cannibalize the playlist? Do you play until your eyes bleed? Or do you play more casually? If you play more casually, you feel the effects of those cannibalistic players, whether you want to admit it or not. What's good, Daily Grind? How are you? Good morning, Knights. I recently bought stuff on Fortnite using your code. Oh, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, if you guys ever use the Epic Store, just use code LONO. Just like if you order any shirts from 80s Tees, use code LONO to get a discount. I don't see any way this game will be good, says Garrett. 
I think it's got a very, very narrow, narrow lane to shoot through. Very, very narrow. You're a casual hardcore. Right. You're, like, this is what I think is becoming more common, and I think this is going to be the demographic that the, that the MMOs are going to try to appeal to, okay? I think the MMOs are going to try to appeal to the experienced, more hardcore type player. Like, you've been playing games your whole life, you know how to play them, you've, you're an adept player, you can install most games and have a pretty good time. And you don't have as much time to play as you used to. So I think they're going to try to appeal to the hardcore casual. The person who's like, man, I, I can play, I can grind, I- I'm even interested in endgame content, but my time is limited. My time is limited. I can put in a really good play session, but I, I can't play for five and six hours a day like I used to. I can play for five or six hours two or three times a week, but not seven days a week. And appealing to those players, I think, is the key because I think there's way more of them. I think there's way more of them than there are of the people who play literally until their eyes bleed. Don't do PvP unless it's an FPS, then it's a big pass. Skull and Bones is certainly going to offer that as a barrier to players, is that there's PvP, and from what we can tell, the PvP elements of Skull and Bones will be on all of the time. It'll be on all of the time. And if it's on all the time, we've been talking about Sea of Thieves. Like, Sea of Thieves, I believe, is a slight cautionary tale against what Skull and Bones is attempting to do. Skull and Bones is attempting to do something that Sea of Thieves has largely, I think, has largely struggled with, right? Because what you have is, is... You, you, you have this sort of casual funnel or casual appeal and then this potential hardcore like ringer that people have to kind of go through. I've been playing for 24 years and I suck, but I'll play for hours at a time. I've been playing Elden Ring until my eyes bleed. I'm so old, it's hard. Right, you will make exceptions to the I don't really play until my eyes bleed anymore. You'll make exceptions to that. And buddy, when you do, you feel it. You're like, oh my gosh, I feel like garbage. You just get too old. You get into your 30s and 40s and you pull an all-nighter. Or you, you pull a long binge on like a... I remember once there was a there was a marathon of the Planet of the Apes movies, and this is before we had children. And my wife and I just laid around all day watching these Planet of the Apes movies. It was just a great, super duper lazy Saturday. It was like, oh, another movie, another movie. Well, let's just watch them all, right? By the end of that day, I was like, ugh. I was like, I don't. I'm not a young man anymore. I can't do that. I gotta get up, and move around. I gotta do something, or my body feels like this lethargic slug of a mess. Well, gaming is the same way, man. I mean, if you're just if you don't do it, if you don't do that anymore, and you go and try, it's like going to a concert. I'll go to like a metal, like a heavy metal concert now, and I'm like tired. It's like I don't want to. Uh, when's the main band coming on? Is there a place where I can sit down? Is there a place where I can take a nap? <laughs> So that generation of gamers is a large portion. Like if the average age of gamers is like 28 and up, you got to think a lot of those people are like, they're married, they've got jobs, they've got kids. They don't have time to put in eight hours a day in your game. 
I pulled an all weekend on Elden Ring when it dropped. My eyes felt hazy and red. Felt like crap to sum it up. Oh yeah, you sacrifice a lot to do that. Took me two days to recover from my last concert. Yeah. And if that's the demographic playing these games, you have to consider. You have to stretch now before you play a game. <laughs> yeah, I gotta stretch. Uh... I play uh, the bass will mess with your body. Oh, the sound, the standing. Yeah. I play a maximum of two to three hours a day. Yeah. I would say that people play more than they did traditionally during the old school era. This is what I think it looks like. Like back when like the original Nintendo and all that came out, I think play gameplay sessions and hours were down here for most people sure there's tons of you who maybe got you know maybe you went crazy when like the nintendo 64 came out but i believe that started to curve upward and it curved really high at sort of the peak of pc gaming maybe not the peak but the beginnings and the rumblings of pc gaming xbox 360 and it starts to climb 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 and i believe it hits like an apex for people with games like world of warcraft and everquest and you know, playing all-nighters of Halo multiplayer and things like that, right? There's this growing sense of, man, I want to do this all the time. And then that generation of gamers gets out of that style and that life of like, yeah, I can do whatever I want, play whatever I want. I can drink six cans of soda and not feel sick to my stomach and stay up really late and all this other stuff. And then you, you, you get out of college, you get into your early, early years of either like marriage or maybe a serious relationship or whatever. And that just doesn't work anymore. You can't do those things anymore. So I think a large portion of the gaming populace is starting to fall into that category, which is why you're seeing people say things like, oh, the game was too long, or this game is too grindy, or there's just too much to do. Well, where is that coming from? Haven't we traditionally said all of the opposites, that like there's not enough to do, and the game's too short, and I want more content? Yo, good morning, Creed. Good to see you over there on TikTok. I blame that on the fact that I don't blink as often as when I'm engrossed in a game. Oh, yeah. I I hated wearing contacts and playing video games. It drove me freaking crazy. It absolutely drove me crazy. I remember those long days on Halo 3. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It was a different time back then. You were... You... Your body was different. Your brain was different. And so, I think you're going to see a growing resurgence of that. Like, trying to find games that offer the casual entrance sort of the ongoing gameplay of like hey you can come in and do stuff but that's where Sea of Thieves and that's where that's where Sea of Thieves can run a run a miss and run a and, and run a ground <laughs> and that's where the same thing can happen with Skull and Bones like it sounds cool doesn't it i think Derek said this morning it kind of looks like a mobile game where you're like in a boat and the controls are pretty straightforward, and you're, like, shooting at other boats. Okay, so there, there, there's your there's your entrance of, like, hey, you, did you like ship battles? You know? Did you, did you like Assassin's Creed Black Flag and all the naval battles? Was that fun? Okay, well, here's a game where that's basically all you're doing. Okay, that, that's kind of a casual catalyst to, to come in and enjoy. But if you have PvP on all the time, and there's griefing, and there's cannibalistic behavior from PvP-minded players... Well, then you're, you're, it's not long for this world. It's going the way of the dodo. People are like, I don't want to play that dadgum game. I thought it was going to be fun to sail around as a pirate and play with my buddies and wreck settlements and wreck big ships and get lots of plunder, but I just keep getting attacked by other players. 
The ship battles on Black Flag were amazing. Says Veter. I have ADHD and the only thing that gets me to relax and focus is video games. The downside is I'll sit there for hours. Yeah, I mean, anytime you feed the beast, I you know, it makes it makes it seem like it's calmed down for the time being, but it might be just that it has something to sink its teeth into. I feel as that I've gotten older, it's harder for a game to keep my interest in the same way Diablo 2 did back in the day. Elden Ring is close, says Fozzy, but nothing feels as magic as games used to. Yeah, but I mean that that that's from the metamorphosis principle that I've outlined. You've gone through a metamorphosis alongside of gaming's metamorphosis. So every time you played a new game, it was a brand new experience. It was something that you'd never seen before or done before. The difference is between like the first time you played Call of Duty and the first time I'm sorry, the first time you played GoldenEye and the first time you played Call of Duty and when you play a shooter now, okay? When the chasm was bigger, it had a greater impact on you. If you played GoldenEye for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden you played the first Call of Duty, it is dadgum mind-blowing, right? Well, games are going through a metamorphosis, and so are you. You are changing along with the games. But when the difference between the games gets smaller and smaller and smaller, they start to feel like, well, there's nothing exceptional happening now. I've played this game before, it just had a different environment and different bad guys. Why? Because they can't move, they can't make a bigger chasm anymore. There's a ceiling, there's a ceiling to a certain degree on video games right now. Like, there's just a ceiling on how, how photorealistic can they look? How amazing can they look? How exciting can they be? I think there's only, there's only so many ways to reinvent that wheel. Like, eventually, eventually you're just playing another video game. I think this is why some people are becoming sort of infatuated with the idea of, you know, metaverse and virtual reality because they want to up the ante. They want they want it to feel more intense, more real. They want to take things beyond, you know, where it is right now. And I think that's that's potentially not going to actually fix anything. I think it'll just make things worse for you. Possibly. Skull and Bones has the opportunity to snag a player base by offering something different from Sea of Thieves. Let's see if these be the hardcore PvP always on. You know, the reason that can't work, Chess Pain, is I actually think the hardcore PvP always on, it's it's more suited for Skull and Bones' identity. Like, Skull and Bones' identity is centered around the naval combat. So it's essentially at its core, at its heart, it's kind of a PvP game. And that's why it makes more sense to leave it on there. Sea of Thieves is the game that should be like, yeah, we're taking ourselves a little too seriously here. It's cartoony pirate sim. Like, <laughs> go sail the high seas, do some adventures, solve some solve some hidden treasure puzzles and, and make your pirate ship prettier and make yourself prettier. Like... It's more in line with the identity of Skull and Bones to say, yeah, there are pirates about. You will be attacked. You will lose things. And and Sea of Thieves just doesn't doesn't really have that vibe. It would be it would honestly be funny to me. It would be funny if Skull and Bones releases and it has a PvE only option and 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 Sea of Thieves never does it. Like, if we get to a point where Sea of Thieves has, has, has the same setup that it always has, 
and Skull and Bones launches with some semblance of a PvE-only mode, that to me would be... There, there's, there's a certain level of hilarity there. It's like, so the game that was designed around pirate combat fighting, as it were, is, 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 literally, is literally offering the PvE mode. Deep Sea Fishing was fun in Black Flag. <clears throat> Broader 2 says, I can't play grindy games anymore. There are going to be tryhards in any PvP game, TBH. Stu says, I don't like the way the ship combat looks in Skull and Bones. I don't like the lines coming up from the cannons. It needs elements of Sea of Thieves like off-ship exploration and off-ship PvP. That is one of the questions. How are you going to hunt the animals? How are you going to... How are you going to you know, farm for materials. Are you literally just going to get off your ship and grab them? Like, what's that going to look like? Hey, Lona, I've been lurking at work for a few weeks now, just saying hello. Well, thank you for being here. If you guys have never been here before, we'd love to hear from you. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. That way you can talk in chat. I am a safer work broadcaster, so you can subscribe in confidence. I'll be in your subscription feed all week doing a live show like this throughout the week. If I'm not in like your recommended feed lately, it's not been throwing me like right in front of people. You have to come to your subscription feed or my channel. Just make sure and do that Monday through Friday because we're here doing a talk show like this. And today we're talking Skull and Bones. I actually think it looks promising. I watched the leaked video. I can't show it to you, but I watched it. I actually think it looks promising. I actually think that leaked video will be out very soon. Usually when a video or something like that leaks, it's because... The, the people that made it is like a marketing company that they outsource it to and they have less uh, sadly they typically have less con- like protective things in place that's usually where the leaks are the marketing companies are a little bit more leaky than the developers themselves and so I think that video that I watched will be will be revealed to the public very very soon it, it seemed like it was done See if these would benefit more from some sort of non-cosmetic character progression leveling rather than a PvE-only server. Just not much to come back to, says Jared. It looks like a ripoff of Assassin's Creed ship combat. Well, T4H, it's made by the same people and it's using the Assassin's Creed Black Flag ship combat system. I don't think they've been super shy about that. Mick D09 says, When I killed Moby Dick, I felt like an Assassin King. That was pretty awesome. I think right now, says Barrier, indie games have the most potential to create those large chasms. We're in a period right now where solo devs can create games that they always dreamed of and artistically incredible. Yeah, you know what's funny about that, Barrier? I was thinking about that the other day. Every time I see one of these like little indie trailers, do you know what I always think? That game looks amazing. I bet you it's really short. <clears throat> that seems to be one of like the biggest barriers. No pun intended, barrier. <laughs> that's uh, that's one of the biggest barriers for these indie titles. Is they make a good game and you're like, it's probably going to be really short. It was supposed to be a Black Flag DLC originally, says Fozzie. Techno says, games that reinvent or create their own genres are almost always massive successes. Look at Undertale, Among Us, Fortnite, Disco Elysium. So you think that this game could be a massive success if it, reinvent, it reinvents the their own genre? Is there really a genre for what Skull and Bones is? Like, I wonder. Are you following Breath of the Wild 2? 
it got delayed out of this year so why why would we follow it right now you know what i'm saying i mean unless they have something something to show if they show gameplay if they if they if they give us something to look at you know maybe but they delayed it out of this year so i i can't i can't see covering it they do end up being pretty short tuning is a great example of an amazing indie game that was way too short says maddie jarvis a ten dollar tip through youtube super chat from mr glum if you want to help the channel become a member today we're getting close to having madam play alden ring <laughs> elden ring that's right if we get like 25 more members she has to play Elden Ring. We already got two new members today. So if we get about six members a day before the end of this month, we'll hit 600. We'll hit 600 members. I would like to hit 600 members this month, not 500. We're already pretty close to 500. Let's try to do six new members a day. By the end of the month, we'll hit 600 and we'll make her play Elden Ring. I'll make her play Elden Ring a couple of times <laughs> for 600 members. I can't say much. The video gave me a rough idea, but not exactly how it works. The ship combat in Odyssey is great. You know, T4H, uh, it's funny. Somebody in here earlier said they didn't like Odyssey's ship combat at all. Hey, Lono, have you heard of the man that will try to live in the metaverse 24-7? He stated that he can't live in the real world anymore. Yeah, well, his body needs to, so good luck with that. Good luck with that. He won't make it a week. He won't make it a week. There'll be so much that happens that that'll that will not be an experiment that goes well for him. That'll be a that'll be very bad for him. I'm a bit tired out in Cali and I've been working since 5 a.m. Oh wow. Indie devs have great games and they can risk the dev time for something that's not been done before, says Butters. Right. Butters says grinding. Grinding that is unique and so hard to find. We want to grind. We just don't want 500 variations of fetch quests. I think people are okay with grinding if at a macro level they're getting something along the way. Like, macro grinds are okay when there's a when there's a quick loop of feedback. Like, ooh, got it. Ooh, got it. Ooh, got it. Right? And then it's attached to, like, a larger macro grind. What's good, Zubair? Maybe they don't like the grind to make your ship viable. Did they make? Yeah, maybe. Maybe T4. Oh, you were talking to Barrier. I thought you were just kind of randomly like opening up to the to the chat, you know? Nicholas says, like, I feel like a lot of people who want to play a pirate game would play Sea of Thieves. I think it may be difficult to sell a pirate game to that crowd that outdoes it. I think I think most gamers don't know what they want and here's what I mean I think there are plenty of gamers who want a pirate game but they don't well let me say it another way it's not that they don't know what they want it's that most gamers want a very fun and approachable casual version of the games that they like so if you're like yeah I really want a pirate game but you don't want Sea of Thieves I really want a great combat game, but you don't want Dark Souls. Do you see? I think a lot of the times that is the rub is somebody says they want something, but what they don't want, they don't want the the challenging hardcore version. This is where I think Sea of Thieves just totally went off the rails. It was like 
we're we like look at the earliest looks at Sea of Thieves. Look at the earliest looks of the gameplay. Look at the earliest looks of what they showed us. Did that game seem like it was going to be hardcore? No, it seemed like a Pixar pirate game. Skull and Bones, Sea of Thieves, and World of Warships all fall under naval combat genre. You have modern historical sci-fi and fantasy subgenres in it. Rhett Mitchell says on TikTok, I feel like uh, I've been playing Fortnite since forever, and they have like events and stuff. It makes it exciting. Well, events can certainly bring you back in so that you don't get bored. Exactly, Rhett Mitchell. But the general challenge is people... The challenge is people don't want to be challenged. Does that make sense? You you have to challenge somebody just enough that they feel like they actually overcame something. If it's too easy, then it feels frivolous and dumb. If I gave you a video game where you could just like walk through, button mash, nothing truly challenges you, your level of satisfaction would go down because you would feel like you were never truly challenged. You have to challenge the player just enough so that they feel like they've achieved something when they beat it. But if you challenge them too much, it breaks and they're like, I don't like this, this is annoying. This is too difficult. I kind of feel like having a pirate game where I can't customize my eyeliner or hook or peg leg or hat or rum or clothes or swords, but I can customize my boat. I feel like that's a miss. Oh, you've not seen the footage. Derek, you can customize what your pirate looks like to a pretty significant degree in Skull and Bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they had a guy who completely changed his look. He had like real dark skin. He kind of looked like almost like Ethiopian or Kenyan. He had this really cool like like hat. He had almost like ritualistic garb on, like a really shiny gold necklace. And actually the customization of your character was pretty dope. There was a mention of the Unreal 5 procedurally generating environments. I see in art and digital versus traditional what is real skill. I'd love to hear a reforge if it would matter how these things are made. The difference between jet procedurally generated and you see art as a digital versus traditional. Flesh that out for me, Russell. Are you saying that creating a tool that randomly generates the environments in the in the in the in the game would lack in the artistic love and passion of something that was carefully built? Will there be sea monsters and boss battles in Skull and Bones? I don't know. They didn't show or say. I imagine there might be. It seemed like it was mostly ship-to-ship or ship-to-land combat. Gamers want the Fortnite version of their favorite PUBG game, of their favorite game, by the looks of what the community seems to ask for. Fozzie says, I'd be fine with Sea of Thieves combat, but the problem is that people cheese it and they emote into a wall and they lay there for an hour until you least expect it. That is very frustrating and should be disabled. They did show PvE and PvP combat. They don't want a challenge to be a chore. Right, but that's subjective. When does a challenge become a chore? A challenge becomes a chore when the person feels like it's either insurmountable or the fail rate's too high and consistent. So it either feels insurmountable, it's Mount Everest, or it's it's that the fail rate's too high, right? Like trying to climb a greased pole, they just keep slipping back down to the bottom. I think there's two versions of when something is challenging and it becomes a chore. One is it's insurmountable, it's Mount Everest. They look at it and think, I could never do that. And then the other is it's a greased pole. It's like 
I don't have to get very high, but I just keep falling back down, and it's really irritating. Unreal will randomly generate most of the environment, but I'm sure other things only require minor tweaks. Maybe questions like, should it cost less? Is it worthy of AAA? Yeah, I don't know if we would say that it should cost less, because wielding that technology well is certainly still a skill, right? And is it worthy of AAA? Again, I think size, substance, and quantity is the real question for AAA. If you have a couple hundred employees working on a game, just because they use automated systems doesn't mean price should go down or we take AAA away from them. Adequately using tools, like if an artist uses a straight edge to draw straight lines, is it worthy of being called a masterpiece? Well, you didn't really draw those straight lines, you used an edge to trace them. Wouldn't the sales of Elden Ring suggest that people want a real challenge? I don't necessarily know if the sales of Elden Ring communicates that. What would communicate that is completion rates. And completion rates would show us that there are people who enjoy a real challenge. But I also think, we we were talking about this before you got here, Zubair, that the average age of gamers being 28 and up, I think is creating a populace of gamers who have the passion and the drive and that hardcore spirit, but they have limited hours. So what that does is it creates demands of games where like they want to be challenged but not to the point that it feels like Mount Everest. They want to be challenged but not to the point that it feels like a grease pole. That they keep they just keep slipping back down. And finding that sweet spot I think is very challenging. Because if you don't challenge them enough, it's frivolous and stupid. They're like that wasn't even hard. If you challenge them too much, then they walk away because they feel like it can't be beaten. You think games will look better on Unreal 5? Oh, they 100%. Unreal Engine 5 will make everything look better. Yes, Rat Nigel. If used properly. Yeah, what's the trophy rate on the second major boss in Elden Ring? I have friends that thought that I never thought would play Elden Ring or playing it. Well, and we said that before Elden Ring came out. We said this will be the magnum opus. This will be the most played. It'll be the most popular. It'll be the most popular. And some of that's related to the fact of the way that they built it. They built an open world game with lots of depth and beauty. And I think that's the catalyst to get people in. And then they navigate the systems and figure out, okay, can I deal with these challenges? Can I deal with the punishment? Is is the reward worth it? And I think a lot of them are saying that yes it is and they're giving you routes and ways to eat around that fat trust me I was over leveled for most of my fights in my first playthrough of Elden Ring and I summoned every dadgum time well that played a significant role they wouldn't play it if it was linear says Eugene there's something about the world that makes people put up with it I think it's the feeling that you can always go somewhere else or you can always go grind and level like Think about how easy it is to grind and level in Elden Ring if you get to the right spot. Giving yourself that cushion. You know? And I think what that does is it creates this semblance of its freedom combined with power. It's like, well, I have the freedom to walk away from this and there's power in the game that I can wield to make these things easier for me. I've never played a Souls game before I never wanted to but Elden Ring enticed me in and I don't regret it says Invisible Male I remember playing the ship battles in Black Flag and thinking that they should make a game just about that I will certainly play it so yeah so we're discussing Skull and Bones this morning and one of the reasons we're getting on Elden Ring and other titles is 
I'm concerned about what Skull and Bones will turn into. I believe it will turn into another Sea of Thieves that drives players away that are are not interested in the always on PvP. You're always under threat. There's always someone who can steal from you, grief you, whatever. I think that will actually work against the game. I also think what's working against the game, and there's a 60-40 split on the poll. We could probably get a lot more votes on the poll. There's been plenty of people that have driven by here today. Skull and Bones release date. Will you play it? So will you play it when it releases? It's at a 60-40 split out of almost 400 votes. And I genuinely think that's going to be a pretty common theme with that game. Is a lot of people are just going to say... No, I, I just, I'm not interested in, in, a, in a pirate game, like sailing around in a ship. I just don't really care about that, you know? And I, and I think, I think beyond that, I also think the PVP element, you got to think about what, what's going to happen with this player funnel. So you're going to have players that don't want a pirate game. And so they won't be jumping in. Okay. So that's for, first and foremost, first and foremost, that will be happening. Okay. First and foremost, you have people who almost instinctively say no. They're like, I'm not interested. It seems kind of boring. It seems kind of unidimensional. It seems kind of repetitious. So you're already, I think you're already appealing to a niche audience. From the very beginning of the games, the games marketing, I think you're appealing to a niche audience. People that are just so in love with the idea of naval combat that they're going to get a game that that that's it. That's all the game offers. Once you have that group of people, you have to ask the question, do they like a naval combat only game so much that they're willing to put up with PVP being turned on all the time? That's your player base. Seriously, if you really whittle it down, that's your player base for Skull and Bones. It doesn't have broad appeal. It appeals to a slice. And within that slice, it has to appeal to people who are okay with always on PvP. Always. So again, you're, it, it, that, that's a slice of a slice. And that's going to be their greatest challenge, I think. I'm still excited to play it, says Doom Reaper. Gotta see more before dropping any cash. Silent Warrior says, as a casual player, why would I want to keep getting killed and losing my stuff to people that know life the game? Well, and that's an element of this game that'll be very, very different than Sea of Thieves. In Sea of Thieves, you will, uh, you can't make your boat or your pirate any stronger. You can't. It's not possible. You cannot do it. But in this game, you can. In this game, you can 100% make your boat faster, have a stronger hull, and do greater damage attacks. Putting a little bit of lotion on my knuckles. My knuckles are all dry. Like, but one of my knuckles actually cracked. Like the top of my fist actually cracked and like was like bleeding. I was like, oh my gosh, wasn't paying attention to my hands. Usually they only get dry in the winter. I don't know what made them dry. Hard to say whether I would play or not, says Roy Duct Tape Muller. One thing to be kept in mind for Elden Ring, says Broader 2, PvP and PvE were sort of segregated if you weren't co-oping you wouldn't be invaded, which was the case with the previous games all the time. Well, no, you could just play offline. That's not true. That's not true. You could just play the previous games offline. I never once got invaded. I played Dark Souls 3 beginning to end. Never saw another player. 
looking to gain some cream. Yeah, I was just putting some on my on my my knuckles. If it goes on Game Pass, can we Microsoft say Microsoft pirated it? Oh gosh, I agree with you about the PvP thing. Like, how successful would every live service game be if PvP was always on? I mean, like every live service. Imagine playing Diablo three. Imagine playing The Division. Imagine playing Destiny. And you're just constantly able to be attacked by other players if they feel like it. Now, it's hard to think about it in those environments because those environments aren't built for it, right? So you'd have to obviously build the game from the ground up with this in mind or it wouldn't work. But that's the question. Would, Would games that have approached the live service environment where there's PvE and PvP available, and the PvP can affect and disrupt the PvE efforts anytime another player so chooses. Steam's trophy percentages aren't a good measurement of how far into a game people get or how hard a game is. 35% of all Skyrim players never finish the prologue. Yeah, but that's still a lot of people. Flip that number around, Techno. That means 65% of the people who got Skyrim got through the prologue. Out of all the people that downloaded it? You know what I mean? That's a lot of people. I feel like Skull and Bones is a perfect game for a Dark Zone-type area. Right, you would go to the Uncharted Waters, and the Uncharted Waters would be where all the fights take place. That's right. That's right. Captain, are you sure you want to go into the Uncharted Waters? You're like, yeah, let's do it. And, he, you know, you're... Your first mate asks you that, and you're like, yep, and you go out into the uncharted waters, and it has like a little load screen, and it brings you into a place that can't be griefed, hopefully, like people can't hang out there. You would come in in an area that would have like, you know, mounted guns and stuff that would shoot people if they try and mess with you as you come in, and then you would enter into like the PvP environment, right? The Square Enix thing sure took a turn. It's Square Enix Montreal, though. It's not all of Square Enix, isn't it? PvP always on might be okay, says Silent Warrior, but losing your stuff from a PvP is a non-starter for me. I would hate losing a day's grind from someone way stronger. Well, and that's one of the things that happens in Sea of Thieves. They didn't just sell Crystal Dynamics. That's the headline that took off. They sold all Western Holdings, all of them. Huh. I still just don't... I just don't think people freaking care. I don't think people care. There's a demo now now for... Timesia? Timesia is... What's this game look like? Oh. Souls-esque combat. When's the planned release date for this game? This game looks like... 9th of August. So, it's a ways away, but yeah. When did this trailer drop? That that IGN put up? Today. Hmm. That'd be good for first look. I'll take a look at it. I'll take a look at it. I'm gonna throw that in our first look room. We have a room that I can, I can, like, put stuff for later. There's also Vesper. We never got to play Vesper, but the Zero Light Edition is heading to Switch. Yo, High Power Soldier. Thank you so much, man. Three new members today. You're the third one. 
Enjoy your dope badge and emotes, your dope and deserve dope stuff. Enjoy the extra content on Thursday afternoons and Friday nights. We're trying to get about six members a day. If we do that between now and the end of the month, we can get 600 total members, and then my wife has to play Elden Ring. Um, Didn't that happen with you and Hilly when you were playing Sea of Thieves? Yeah. So that's the thing with Sea of Thieves. You can literally spend hours getting treasure and doing a raid and doing all this stuff, and someone can come over and in literally minutes... You spell Timesia, you spell it like time, like like what like the ingredients. Time, and then S-I-A. Yeah, broader two, just put it in chat. There you go. Time, like the, the herb. It's an herb, isn't it? And then you just add S-I-A. There you go, Timesia. Yo, good morning, Siege. How are you? I have got some things to take care of at work. Keep you on in the background. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Guys, by the way, if you're one of the newer members, don't forget that we do have a Discord server. It's a great place to hang out and not miss announcements. And uh, make sure you get in there and connect your membership. I'm counting hours until a Sony announcement. They just dumped four bad IPs and a contract with Disney. Not saying we should have covered it. Saying watch this. Stage is set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Sony is set to... They haven't... According to the industry insiders, there's a big, there's a big buyout still coming for Sony that hasn't been announced yet. Remember, it will be a percentage of your ship's holdings, not all like Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I mean, uh, but still, it's annoying. (laughs) And when you go back to get it, they can be there waiting for you. Totally off topic, but I'm curious about the differences here. What kind of membership to strong live streams get on YouTube comparing to Purple probably makes zero sense. Okay, so basically, Purple streamers, they don't do almost anything for their, their paying subs because that culture doesn't like that over here this culture doesn't like spending so you have to incentivize spending it's so backwards if you think about it so on the purple platform you just get paid subscriptions out the freaking waz like just printing money okay it's a, it's kind of absurd and obscene the spending culture over there is bonkers but then they don't like the notion of you doing stuff just for paying subs they don't like it they spend an obscene amount over there, but they don't like when you do sub-only content because their subscribers are paying. They have followers and subscribers. It's confusing over here. We have subscribers and members. So we'll just use members interchangeably. Their paying members spend way more, but they don't like the idea of members-only content. Over here, there's no spending culture on YouTube. How much of this is gifting? Yeah, I don't know. Gifting memberships is supposed to come. I believe gifting memberships will create a spending culture on YouTube. But on YouTube, there is no spending culture. You have to foster one. You have to foster a spending culture and say, listen, I'm creating extra content, special content, content over and above my normal, and you got to pay to get access to that. It's literally the only thing we've ever been able to do to generate members outside of the people that just followed me from purple. The people that follow me from purple just do it because it's kind of baked into their DNA now. Oh yeah, we like Lono, we want to support Lono. If you want the show to stick around, you need members because, you know, we're a small channel. I'm not making almost anything off of ad revenue. So I, you know, I, I can't do this if I don't have members. So like, that culture's there, but anything on top of that, we've had to offer extra content. And even then, even then that rubs people the wrong way. They're like, eh, he's, he's, he's hiding his content behind members. And it's like, I mean, what do you want me to do, man? I, 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 
you know, I got to provide for my family. Like I have to, I have to be a smart businessman while also creating an obscene amount of value. We do 17 live streams a week. 14 of those live streams are totally free. Three are behind a member wall. Three. Appreciate the insight. You're one of literally two live streams I ever watch on YouTube. Most of the hours are still on purple. Been interesting watching you rebuild over here. Well, I appreciate that. YouTube's clickbait. Why? Clickbait is such a weird accusation because clickbait backfires. Right? People that actually are guilty of clickbait get terrible results because people people click on the video and leave and get angry. This is something that we've been trying to do with live streams. We want to make it perfectly freaking clear when you click on the thumbnail that you are coming into a live stream. So that way people aren't like, oh, frick this, and then they leave right away. Because they're like, I don't understand. I thought I was clicking on a video. So if you found my video today through a suggestion or a search result, make sure and hit subscribe so you don't miss my shows throughout the week. If I'm not in your recommended feed, but you're subscribed, check your subscriptions feed and my channel. We stream every day, Monday through Friday. We go live around 9 a.m. Eastern. We do multiple shows. We even have another channel where we go talk about more serious subjects, but we don't talk about those serious subjects here. A $5 tip from Mr. Glum. If you want to get in on the members-only content, join today. Sorry if I'm a walking ad. Thank you for the $5 Super Chat tip. Can't wait for the Xbox Bethesda Showcase. Oh, golly. Yeah, we need some gaming news. Gaming news is coming in waves over the next few months. Big buyout today starts it. Yep. We need stuff to cover, man. We're, we've been, it's been, it's been tough. You guys have been phenomenal. This, this channel's loyal viewership base is insanely loyal because we've had virtually nothing to talk about for like a week and a half and you guys show up anyway. It's been great. We've had membership growth, sub growth and good turnout in the midst of a dadgum drought. I mean, there is nothing happening. <laughs> There's nothing going on, man. It's like, holy frick, it's dry out here. No, HCS Championship, I doesn't. that's not what I really cover. Oh, shucks, Lona, you make this blush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to give you guys too big of a head. <laughs> if you do like what I do and you want to support what I do, there's a variety of ways to do it. It's free to smash the like button every day. Those likes actually help the video. It communicates to YouTube that the video is worth watching. Subscribing to the channel also helps. It gives us better growth, reach, and more people to see the content. Those are free. A paid membership is amazing. Five bucks a month adds up when a bunch of people do it, and we do have members-only content that we do extra. An extra stream on Thursday and an extra stream Friday night. We also do community game nights once a month. We did Fortnite last month, and it was a dadgum blast, okay? My wife and I played Nintendo Switch Sports, the new game this last Friday night. We had some drinks. It was hilarious. And if you're a member, or maybe you become a member later, you can always go back and watch those VODs, okay? Um, And then our coffee. So the two big things we would love to see consistently just get great support is become a member, get the membership up to 600 members, and then the coffee. The coffee is ours. It's not some sponsor. My wife and kiddos bag it up. If you're a coffee drinker and you've never had coffee with balanced acidity, you should check ours out. People in chat will tell you how good it is. We have a light roast and a dark roast. Yo, 14 months from Coyote, and it's a tier four membership. Gross. Where do I sign up so I can avoid it? (laughs) Thank you, Coyote. I like playing Halo Infinite and watching your stream. I'm ready for Infinite Season 2. Isn't that tomorrow? Halo Infinite Season 2, is that tomorrow? 
Salt shakers doesn't mean anything, really. It's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Salt shakers, y'all. <laughs> Those Thursday streams have been really fun. They've been really fun. And if you like more serious topics, today on Reforge Radio, we're thinking... We're thinking that... Uh, that chasing big news stories is fine every once in a while but the cultural debates can get a little bit like flat tire like we're kind of always discussing the same things so today I thought hey maybe every Monday we could do like a moral musing like Monday's moral musings and today over on Reforge Radio we're going to ask the question why is it wrong to lie and it's going to be really fun I looked up like all of the great like what do all the different religions in the world say what do philosophers say what do you say we are not discussing those subjects here I'm just telling you that's what we're talking about over on radio do 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 I'm just here because your pay to win talk a few days ago you got some good points oh pay to win well when I was getting really grumpy about pay to progress and pay to win and how everybody wants to say pay to win (laughs) just put out clips of your member-only content to further entice people to join, li- use a little FOMO. We, we could look into that. We could look into that, J. Murph, because there's definitely been some funny moments, and maybe we could use those over here as shorts. You know? They'll hit the short shell. People think it's funny, you know? Yeah, the coffee is pre-ground. We can't do whole bean because I order it in large quantities, and they can't do, like, half and half. Like, half of the skid that shows up can't be ground and the other half whole bean. I get a skid of coffee at my house, like 500 some odd bags. And there's some guy that's still on Twitter. I guess he thinks he's achieving something. I guess he thinks we're afraid to say where it's from or where it's sourced. We're not going to mention the company that we work with because there's no reason to do that because people are scummy and awful. But the, the, the beans are organic Mexican sourced beans. That's the source of the coffee. I, so I don't know why that's been a question lately I see on Twitter from trolls. Like, ask him where it's sourced. It's like... You just want to know what company we're working with so you can send them an email and and be a scumbag like you've done in the past with the other companies we work with. So if you have questions about the coffee, we have no problem answering those questions. And there's a big debate in chat about light roast versus dark roast, which which is your favorite. It always arrives ground. Could you imagine it arriving by air? Oh, that'd be amazing. Just a big parachute freight like drops down in my front yard. That'd be freaking awesome. It might be more efficient than freight at this point. Freight is a dadgum joke. It is a dadgum joke. Light Roast is basically T-Squad, says Zubair. <laughs> yeah, our holiday blend will be back for the holidays. It's our medium. Yeah, the frickness. It'll land on the roof. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to get a ladder. <laughs> Golly. <clears throat> so we appreciate you guys being here, smashing like. Let's check on the poll results here. Four hundred votes. Yeah, it's a sixty forty split. So the interest is the interest is leaning away from this game. I'm telling you, I think it's because of the niche. I think it's because of the way that it's been built. It's 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 naval combat, and that's basically it. Like I just I don't know if um I don't know if that's the if that's going to be a big funnel for them. You know? That's the question. Can a game like this surprise everybody and have this like super full healthy funnel of people diving in and playing and saying, "Oh man, yeah, naval combat, nothing but naval combat's actually really enjoyable." 
Make sure the plane drops it off as a uh, Colombian flag on the side of it. That would not la- that would not go over well. Dark roast is for smokers who have no taste buds. <laughs> I'm drinking dark roast right now. It's actually very good. Sailing feels like not enough action. Right, like sailing in a boat is slow. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're trying to actually create some semblance of you know to I meet mean? some semblance of a, of what what the ocean feels like niche you know it's funny that people correct and say it's niche we looked it up and the preferred pronunciation is actually niche it's not niche like pseudo intellectuals say niche <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it's actually niche. We looked this up because people kept giving me crap about it. I was like, what do you, no, it's niche. It's niche. There's two pronunciations. The preferred and more common pronunciation is actually niche. <coughs> it's not, it's not, it's not niche. You can say both, by the way. You can say both. One will just make you sound pretentious. I'll let you determine which one that is. <laughs> I think the interest is falling because of how long since it was revealed, says Reese's Vids. Well, that certainly isn't helping it. Right? I got a question, Reforge. Go ahead, Rhett Mitchell. I mean, that, that, that certainly is. When a game like this has been this delayed, interest will definitely drop. Because it, how long can you... And this is one thing that I think game companies need to consider. When you announce really early like that, you're you're essentially creating you're creating your own your own deadline problem right you're creating your own deadline problem because what happens is is you are now working within this spectrum of well we've got to get the game out under a certain amount of time or interest will wane why do people get so worked up over getting eliminated in Fortnite? because it's a game's it's a game whose primary identity is grounded in winning or losing even so so at a micro level you want to win each gunfight you want to win your drop you know you want to drop and win and kill people and get your loot at a macro level you want to win the game you want to win and be you want to win the battle royale so it, it would be like playing a fighting game and being like, I don't understand why people get so tilted when they lose. Well, because the game is quite literally built around the idea of winning and losing. So, winning... And think about it. I think this is generally true. The height at which something can feel good can inversely feel terrible. The height at which something can feel good, I think the inverse is is how how much it can also feel terrible. So as good as it feels to get into an adrenaline-pumping 1v1 final circle situation where you win, that feeling of elation, that height, I think it can be equally just as frustrating. I think the inverse is true on the other end of the spectrum. This is why a From Software game can make you feel absolute elation and euphoric and like a religious experience, and it can also make you want to pull your dadgum hair out. I don't think you can have the highs without the lows. I don't think it's possible. The, 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 the human existence, the way that we exist, the highs are only possible because of the lows. You can get philosophical about this with like happiness and sadness and like all of existence is to be accepted because both the highs and the lows feed, you know, feed each other. However, I think in games though, that's, that's generally why. 
you see people losing their crap on TikTok and Twitch. Yeah, yeah. I well, it's different when there's an audience, Rhett Mitchell. There's pressure to perform. I don't mind losing invasions and Elden Ring TBH. I think there are different ways. That, I think losing feels different in different games, right? Some of it's your expectations. Think of it like this. When we played Fortnite, no build, and we played and had drinks, I was just expecting to run around the game and have a, and just be stupid and have fun. And so when that happens, you're setting a lower threshold. Like, I'm, I'm just, we're just going to run around and be idiots. So when we lose, it doesn't drive us deep down into despair. If your expectation is, I better win this gunfight, I better win this town, I better win the next town, I better win the game. If you set your expectations way up here and those aren't met, boom, you're going to fall way down here on this spectrum. Returnal? Well, Returnal's not quite... Yeah, I think Returnal's analogous to a Battle Royale because you start all the way over and that sense of investment, that sense of, I had a good kit, I had a good build, and I lost it all. Yes, that sense of loss drives you to anger, frustration, despair, sadness, whatever negative emotion. Are you describing from software or the Xbox versus Sony debate? <laughs> Just do drugs, it's always high. No. Absolutely not. Even if you're saying that in a facetious way. Hell no. I will say hell no. 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 You gotta get them runes you dropped. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I think that's why games, I think that's why games are so enjoyable. They offer you a form of elation and escape, but I also think that's why games can be so frustrating because if you don't get that elation, that escape, that success, that victory, you sense that there's an injustice and that drives the anger. That drives the sense of feeling slighted. Frustration lives in the gap between reality and our expectations. I really hope you can be there for this this afternoon's conversations, Zubair. I looked up, like, what Buddhist, Hindu... Oh, man, it's going to be good. I think it's going to be an enjoyable conversation. Why drink coffee? Lono said you can eat the coffee. <laughs> I, I misspoke last week and said something about eating the coffee. Hilarious. Video games help me with stressing and worrying. It gets my mind off the bad stuff. There's something about a video game allowing you to do something heroic that I think speaks to the narrative of existence. I think that speaks... It speaks to the narrative of existence because whether you believe life is suffering or life is hard or whatever, whatever, whatever you want to use to describe existence, okay... The reason that people like watching sports so much and fighting so much is because it's a narrative of what what life feels like. You must overcome the adversity. You must be disciplined. You must be better. You must get better. You must be on a trajectory of upward movement. Whether you're like, you know, maturing in your soul, which is what what um what was his name? I was going to quote him today. I'm going to quote him today in the stream. Um, uh, 
Solzhenitsyn. Solzhenitsyn believed that it was about maturing in your soul, right? So there's a sense of you're bettering yourself, you're growing, you're on an upward trajectory, which is why we like watching people do amazing feats in sports, because it's a micro moment that is the ultimate narrative of your existence, that you're overcoming something and being victorious. It takes courage, it takes discipline, it takes skill, right? And so that's what we love watching. This is why video games are so popular, because they give you, in your own life, a micro-experience of what the meta-narrative of your existence is. Like, I think video games are deeper than many people think. I think they just think, oh, it's escapism, it's stupid, and it numbs your brain. (laughs) Shut the... Oh, just shut up. That's such a, a reductionist view of what video games actually are. They are quite literally the ability for you to be the hero. You can be the the courageous one, the one of the one with endurance, the one that stays the, the one that stays on track. That's why from software games, I think become almost like a cult following because it the people that play them are changed by them. To a certain degree, that makes From Software Games the purest form of art in video games. If you view it in that way, that it is an art form that enables a person to experience the ultimate narrative of existence, which is courageous victory in the face of adversity. Like, if that, if you think that is fundamentally what video games are about, then From Software Games are the purest form of that art. And all other iterations are slightly diluted. <laughs> That's why that guy is going to live in the metaverse. See, no, no, that is a mistake. I don't think you say life is so terrible and so awful that I'm going to live in a false reality so that I can be ever presently overcoming adversity, okay? Because it still isn't real to a certain extent. It's only as real as it impacts you to flourish as a human being. So you need to be able to take the lessons that you learn from playing football with your friends or being on a sports team or playing video games and then apply it to real life. Apply it to suffering. Apply it to struggles. Apply it to trials. If you can't do that, then it's failing to be anything that is substantive. So if he just lives in the metaverse because it's just a way to escape reality, to pretend as if the real world doesn't exist, that's 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 completely the that's completely bankrupt. You're just living in a false reality. You're not allowing the lesson to do anything. It's just an ever-present suspension of reality. It's an ever-present pain avoidance. Like you could somebody could put you into an induced coma where you're just in an ever-present dream state and keep you alive with machines. Would that be would that be superior to living? I don't think so. Yo, Hendrix Live gave me a crown over there on uh, on TikTok. It put it on my head and everything. My giant forehead. It has it has an easy time seeing where my face is. Yo, what's good, Sven? How do you know we're not already in the metaverse? You can't be in a simulation because if you were in a simulation, awareness of the simulation would be a denial of the simulation itself. It would break. Like, if, if you look at AI in games, they are not aware that they are in a game. It's not possible. Being self-aware and then superseding that self-awareness and arriving at a greater transcendence of self-awareness to know that you are actually in a simulation would be a denial of a simulation's existence in and of itself. Like, a video game character cannot become self-aware and then become self-aware to the point that it knows it's in a video game. It's not possible. It would be a deny. It would Then they would no longer be in the video game. It would be like, what? 
you're not in the confines of the system you've transcended out of it are you winning today thank you for 11 months Sven exactly escapes are just that an escape to allow yourself to recenter and get back to coping with life in healthy ways VR feels pretty real but I 100% agree you're there but not present yeah yeah if you if the goal if video games if the ultimate trajectory this is actually a pretty deep conversation you know maybe better suited for radio I don't know but if the ultimate game of technology in video games is for you to become a disembodied brain that doesn't have to experience the real world then I believe it has folded in on itself. It has it has corrupted its own aim. Like, art and as art exists to express the human existence, to put it on display, to then be gleaned from, learned from, inspired by, to then face what life brings to you, that gets corrupted if the whole point of art, of video games, of technology is to become a disembodied brain and just leave this existence. That, that, that's, that's a denial of reality. That's just leaving reality. Which I don't, I don't think is the ultimate, the ultimate point of technology and art. <clears throat> it's merely to enhance or better our reality, not to take us out of it. But that would come down to a presuppositional argument. I'm presuming that staying in reality is superior to leaving it. <clears throat> TikTok looks way better. I, some people have said that, Noah Mitchell. I don't really care where you watch. But some people have said that. It's just a different camera angle. And it's more zoomed in. But do you truly become self-aware or does the simulation have firewalls to keep you in a state of non-self-awareness? <laughs> we failed as a society if we've allowed real life to become so undesirable that people would seek to escape that. <clears throat> right, right. If you have the technological ability to let people leave reality, why are you not using that technology to better reality? <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't know what's going on. We had a wild uh, temperature fluctuation over the weekend, so like I'm getting a little like allergy thing. TikTok looks more familiar, the iPhone camera. What if the simulator gave us free will in the simulation? It would be that would be a self-defeating premise. You can't have a simulation and free will at the same time because a simulation would determine that your existence is predetermined and therefore limited and hindered and reliant upon the simulation continuing to exist. Your free will could not maintain and continue to run the simulation. Your free will would still be dependent upon and subservient to the simulation. Therefore, that's a denial of free will. It wouldn't that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> YouTube's crazy not uh, letting me in the stream had to restart my phone. Really, Sax boy? We haven't had any complaints today. We need to have a discussion about the nature of simulations and whether you can know you're in a simulation. You uh, you feel young again now that you're on TikTok? Oh yeah, I feel like a young man. <laughs> I feel like a young man, that's right. This feels like biology precludes free will thing we got stuck on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does, it does. Either way you shake it, Zubair, either way you shake it, yeah, it feels very similar. 
if we're just in a simulation, why would we be able why would we be able to become aware of that? Mm-mm-mm. That's reality for some people. Some people's lives are that horrible and they don't want to be in their life. If I use TikTok, will my back stop hurting? <laughs> that it kind of sounds like that, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Are you experiencing back pain? Do you feel old, tired, and lethargic? Do you feel out of touch? You should try TikTok. It's what all the young kids are doing. And doing something that the young kids are doing will automatically make you feel younger. Side effects are lower self-esteem, obsessive swiping, watching and doom scrolling, feeling inadequate. But TikTok will numb you from the reality that is your misery. Watch TikTok today. (laughs) (laughs) oh frick do you not understand skinny jeans I'll be right back picking up a breakfast burrito oh that sounds so good save it for radio Lono you're giving away the milk that's right that's right (laughs) today's topic was actually really enjoyable we were discussing if you're just tuning in we were discussing skull and bones and uh, ultimately Asking the question, we were asking the question. Uh, with 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 a game like Skull and Bones, number one, are you interested? Are are you interested? And, and number two, hey, I'm getting a bunch of roses from Kill You. You're going crazy. Thank you so much. We're getting a little bit more viewership over here on TikTok, man. It'd be great. I have a cable that's supposed to arrive today. I will be able to actively see your chat messages more more quickly on TikTok and when you gift like that. Holy crap. Kill you is going crazy. 55? I don't even know what that equals. 55 roses? That's insane. Um, I will more regularly see those once I get this new cable. It'll let me run an HDMI cable to my monitor, and I'll be able to see what, what's happening. Right now, I'm literally in chat and having to see it as a chatter because I have my phone, like, mounted. Um, so, yeah. that's that's a, that's a been a, That's been a challenge. Uh, for streaming on TikTok. So those of you that enjoy watching over there and supporting over there with monetization, uh, we would love for it to be a you know a fruitful endeavor uh, streaming over there because I think it has massive potential and almost nobody uh, almost nobody offers the level of quality that we offer over there. Most of the streams don't have a professional mic and studio setup. Uh, so we could really consistently stand out if we continue to get better viewership. Uh, and better engagement over there. Same on YouTube, honestly. I, I, I want to I say the same thing about YouTube. You guys that have been supporting the live show here, we have the opportunity to really dig in and 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 make this a standout show, you know, long term. Because uh, there are not a lot of people that do uh, a video game talk show at this caliber throughout the week. They do uploads or they do like a once a week podcast, a live interactive, you know, environment like this is uh it's super rare it's super rare on youtube so we appreciate you guys supporting it uh and we appreciate the fact that we got three members today we're shooting for six members a day if we can get six members a day we'll hit uh we'll hit 600 members by the end of the month and then we're gonna make my wife play elden ring so smash all the buttons a strong turnout today really honestly stronger than i expected so if you enjoyed today's conversation about skull and bones you know let me know what you think 
in the chat. What do you think of a game like this? Pure naval pirate combat. PvP does look to always be on as well. Um, not interested in Assassin's Creed because it was too hard to control. Controls are irritating. I always found Assassin's Creed games to be very intuitive. We only need about 20 more likes as well on YouTube to roll over to 300 likes. So thank you to everybody who's been smashing the like button. You just described the metaverse. Metaverse. <laughs> My question is simple. Is it time to stop laughing at Skull and Bones? That's what Creature said to me on the phone. He was like, listen, man. He was like, we, we might want to stop laughing at Skull and Bones. There might be a decent game here. Right? It Again, not for everybody. Like, question number one is, would you even play a game like this? I just downloaded TikTok to check it out here. So far, I like it. Don't know what other content's on here. It's a lot of ASMR. If you like ASMR, I think some of the, some really, really good ASMR content creators are on TikTok. It's a lot of ASMR, and then... What you would expect to find on TikTok is not common in the live streams, because they typically get shut down because they get too close... They get too close to the line, like the like the booty shaking and all that. It, that you will not find that very commonly in the live streams on TikTok, because they shut them down because they they do too much and they're like uh uh-uh, uh and they hit it. Like a little quick video is one thing, but a live stream, the audience wants more. The audience wants more, right? And they get shut down. It becomes clear that the reason it's been delayed is because it started as one thing and has become something completely different. Right, like originally Skull and Bones, from what everybody has said and speculated is, it was going to be a uh, a DLC for Assassin's Creed Black Flag. And, and, and now it's like a game. You should do a TikTok dance? No, thank you. And now they don't want it just to be a game, they want it to be like an actual live service game. Will, El- will Madam be playing Elden Ring while you give commentary in the background? That would be hilarious. Yes, that's what we plan on doing. If you've not caught a members-only stream because you're not a member, do it once. Just to become a member for one month and just try it out, right? It's a blast. Friday nights are hilarious. Even if you can't be there, you can watch the VOD. It's really funny. My wife is actually very hilarious, and she picks on me mercilessly, and that's something that you guys can take great joy from. If she has to play Elden Ring, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it right back because she's teased me an awful lot about Elden Ring and not being good and failing and everything else. So, <clears throat> Skull and Bones looks like it was stuck in a five year old game, says Sven. Yeah, I think games. What's good, nobody? I think games can be successful even if they look slightly dated. I think MMOs have proven that. You know, I, I think they can. She's the meanest lady I've ever seen, says Zubair. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Like, that's one of the reasons I'm willing to give Skull and Bones a chance. Y- you know what I mean? Like, I, I want to I give Skull and Bones a chance because at a ground level, it's like, okay, you guys have taken all this time. You guys have taken all this time, and now we've got maybe a completely different game that was originally conceived of. That's that's a lot of potential. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of potential. There's a, there's a lot that could come from that, you know. Um. Um. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, somebody's following. 
Yeah, we've got a uh, <laughs> best place. Hang on. Best place is Reforge TV on Twitter and then the YouTube channel. We snagged we snagged Reforge Radio as a Twitter handle and we don't really use it. We use Reforge TV as like the main hub. Um <laughs> and so this guy followed me and he was like, Hey man, love all the content lately. Where's the best place to follow you? And I was like, um, probably Reforge TV on Twitter. Yo, Akuta Papa with a five dollar tip. What happens when she speed runs the game? <laughs> What's good, Lewis? Good to see you in the chat as well. Uh, another $5 tip from my man Gritter. Did you know that VRR is live on the PS5? Even though Sony has not officially turned it on yet, you go to settings, VRR, enable, apply to unsupported games. Yeah, we, we didn't really cover that last week. We didn't feel like it was worthy of a show, but yes, I saw that news last week, Gritter. Well, you try it for like $60. I feel like that's way too much. She was taking swipes at me, and I was at the perk, uh, and I was like at a perk for paying members. I had to respect that. She says, taking swipes at me, and I was at a perk for paying... I'm not sure what you're saying, Zubair. I'm, I'm, it's that sentence, I, I could read it two different ways. Could you give me a reason to keep a membership on radio and not move to gaming? It seems like all the good stuff's on gaming. Brendan, that's an excellent question. Right now, there is a once-a-week members-only stream on radio where Madam joins me to ask answer questions about all the topics we covered that week. I'm also considering putting more members-only content over there, and I don't know what it would look like because the channel is slowly evolving. So, for now, you gotta decide which is more interesting. Friday night fun streams with Madam, the extra Thursday stream here, the community game nights once a month that are on Friday nights, or is that once-a-week stream with her like, oh no, that's worth it. Ten bucks a month gets you everything because you'd be a $5 member there and here, but if you can only do one, you gotta decide which one's better for you reforge is what I miss about OG G4 TV and then some I think it's safe to say that if Lono ever became famous Madam would keep him grounded <laughs> that's true that's true I want ship movement and combat to feel fluid and the videos look super clunky says Sven how do you make Sven this is the question that we had earlier because like moving in the open seas is going to be kind of slow because you're in the water Yo, Kill You just gave me a crown on, on TikTok. Thank you, brother. That's ridiculous. Do you want to play Fortnite with me? If you want to play Fortnite with me, you got to be a member over on YouTube channel and then join us for a member's game night. Like, I don't I don't just grab and play random games with people. That's not something that I do. Um, But Sven, how do you make moving a ship feel fluid and fast? Do you, like how how do you make that feel fluid and fast? Like you're in a big boat. Like n- outside of being on like a jet ski, boats are not I was on a pretty small boat down in Florida with my kiddos. We went out in a boat. And I mean, there was room for probably 5 people on the front and 5 people in the back, and then the center is where you drove the dadgum thing. It wasn't agile. It was a boat. <laughs> You know what I mean? Turning it, parking it, docking it. It was slow. It was a task. I just, I don't know how you translate that into a video game and make it feel like fast and agile and fluid. Like, like, I don't know. I may be using the wrong terms. No, I don't think you're using the right terms. I know exactly what you're talking about, Sven. The boat 
feels cumbersome because you're in water and so I don't know how you create naval combat that doesn't as part of the basic identity yo behemoth doing doing one of these over on tiktok the animations are phenomenal thank you behemoth for uh for a gift over there the gifts over there are basically tips so thank you for that (laughs) he gave me one of the hand hearts vengeance says the membership on radio it's 100 percent worth it last week when madam roasted all of us in one fell swoop (laughs) yeah oh if i do a gaming membership can i still listen on a discord for radio member stream we're not really promoting that brendan because we really want both channels to have their own unique value but that is currently correct yes boats are very fast (laughs) there's just too much water the better question is, why should you make naval combat that did not feel like naval combat? Ye- yes. Right. Like, if you're setting out to make a game about naval combat, will you undercut the, the game's identity? Hey, somebody just ordered some coffee. A bag of light roast and a bag of dark roast to Damon. Yo, I appreciate that very much, Damon. That's three coffee orders today. That's three new members as well. We would love to see six of each. That would just be phenomenal. Six coffee orders and six members would just be insanely like perfect. Like, who cares about YouTube and viewership? We can we can build <laughs> I can build a dadgum empire with six members and six coffee orders a day. <clears throat> AC Black F- Flag had great ship movement. That's why it was so popular that they started making skull and bones oh Damon's in chat man appreciate you Damon thank you I need tiktok gifts I can understand like heating pads and compression socks maybe some existential dread (laughs) if I've missed any gifts over here uh, on tiktok I apologize Zubair sent you a pair of reading glasses (laughs) Zubair Zubair sent you Arch supported shoes. What are those called? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sent you an ergonomic desk chair. A boat isn't a horse. It can only be so agile. Right. No, I, that's what I mean. I get what Sven is saying. Will people want to play a game that intrinsically just feels kind of slow and kind of clunky? You're on a boat. I remember Skull and Bones doing a reveal shortly around Sea of Thieves' release or my memory might be terrible. No, 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 2018. Sea of Thieves predates that, by the way, as far as a reveal. Uh, and maybe even a release. Sea of Thieves has been out for a while. Uh, Skull and Bones, I believe, made its gameplay debut at E3 2018. Because then at 2019, I was there as lead host for Purple, and we didn't interview anybody about the dadgum game. It disappeared in the thin air. Will you be make it so you can get sick at sea if you don't have the right stuff? There's two things that have to be maintained when you're at sea in Skull and Bones. Number one is your ship's health, which you need repair kits for. So you use the repair kits to repair the boat, okay? Number two, you have have, uh, crew morale. And the morale's always going down because being at sea sucks. And you have to have food and water, ample food and water stores, because if you don't give them food and water regularly, morale will get so low... They're, they'll they'll mutiny on you and then they'll take over. You'll have a mutiny on your hands. You can definitely undercut the identity, says Fuzzy. 
Things on the ocean are slow and methodical. I don't know if I'm using, I'm used to World of Warships, but it's how it's supposed to feel, and that's pretty good. I don't think it's scurvy. I mean, scurvy's obviously like something that, you know, we know from that time period. That's why they kept like bananas and what oranges and stuff on, on the ships. But they just, morale gets low. It's, it's not like they don't become sickly and like fall off the boat. Like they're too weak to row. They, they, they mutiny on you. They're like, you're not taking care of us. And they'll take over the boat and throw you off. And I, uh, that, that's a survival element, right? There's games like that where, like, you have to maintain survival. And you maintain survival by keeping your people warm and healthy. And, you know, you, you have to try to, like, fight sickness and stuff. Those, those, like, those like little city sim, town sim games are like that. Baker says, come on, guys, eight more likes. I think the key is having multiple strategies, says Hopping Rabbit. Almost like Rainbow Six Siege, but with pirates. Well, and they said there's like multiple different boats in the game that have like different play styles. So there's probably going to be like the really quick agile boats that can't have lots of damage, but they're fast. And then there's going to be like the big hulking boats that are like tankier and, and can, you know, maybe do a bit more damage. Don't they eat so strong as well at sea? Or is that something false I heard? I don't know what you're saying that they're eating. Don't they eat what at sea? If you can have a mutiny, this game might really be worth playing. You have to watch your ship as well as the world. This will be make it interesting. It might change me from a no to a yes. $20 tops though. I think the price point's going to be a barrier. If it's higher than 30 or 40 bucks, nobody would buy it, I don't think. Or make it free. I'm going to be honest with you. I think this game has to be free or I don't know if it stands a chance. Yo, what's good, Wolvie? We're on a rare tiny branch of the animal kingdom that can't form its own vitamin C. Vitamin C. Most animals can make their own vitamin C. The theory is that an ancestor lost the gene at the same time. The vitamin C was present in the diet in large amounts and there was no selection pressure from the loss of the gene. You do have to do stuff like that on Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. You had to keep up morale on your base of operations. They wouldn't mutiny against you, though. You said free? Haha, you be doing something free? Yeah. What do you mean, Butters? Don't you remember their big announcement about taking their biggest IPs and having free versions of them? That's what the Division um, Heartland was supposed to be. Unless they've completely changed their unless they've completely changed their business strategy, yes. That's exactly what Skull and Bones would be. It's an attachment. It's a slice of one of their bigger IPs, Assassin's Creed, and it's free. That's what like Division Heartland's supposed to be. They have a bunch of free games coming. It's part of their business strategy. That was like an announcement that made everybody really worried. I'm also kind of interested in melee combat since you can board enemy ships. Broader, they didn't show any melee combat. They did say boarding ships was a thing, but I I, I don't know. This is why you must protect the citrus trees at all costs, Zubair. The science supports this. Can you imagine being a pirate and you swing onto the boat to take over and the the, the blanking Master Chief is there waiting for you? (laughs) If it says it's a Ubisoft original, it might be free. AC Origins is coming to Game Pass this month. I'm excited. Origins is my favorite Assassin's Creed. 
completely forgot about Division Heartland. Yeah, I mean, it, their their goal it seems is to have an entire army of of free games. Guys, we need six more likes on the video. If you haven't smashed the like button yet, please do so. Like support the video helps us get seen by more folks, and it communicates to YouTube that you like my content. If you don't see me. Uh, if you don't see me in your recommended feeds, always remember to check your subscription feed and my channel. We stream every day on this channel, even if you don't see me. Uh, PlayStation's hiring for an acquisition. The an, an, an acquisition specialist. They must be looking to buy more people, or at least smaller studios, maybe. Quiet Shy says, free with the sprinkling of microtransactions. I think that's the most likely outcome, yeah. Mm -hmm. What's my loadout in Fortnite? I don't really have a loadout in Fortnite. Just take what comes. Giggity. I hit the like button six times. I hope that helped. (laughs) I wish it did. It helps over on uh, TikTok. We have 17,000 likes over there. (laughs) Oh, man. Roughly 10 people watching for the most of the day over there. Just hammering away. Bananas are bad luck on a boat. They actually look like... They actually took the Arbor Vitae Vitae shrubs. They're high in vitamin C. If this was built from Black Flag, wouldn't melee combat be nothing but... uh, Counter or kill? I'm going to make a prediction about about Skull and Bones. I'm going to make a prediction. I think they launch the game purely naval combat. Very little done. You go to the towns and you get off the boat, you know, but I think there's going to be virtually no, uh, there'll be virtually no combat on your, on your feet. And I think they'll do some kind of an update called like the land ho update, which will be an entire suite of gameplay that you play. That's like, simplified arcade-ish Assassin's Creed. Yes. I, I, I think that's very, very likely. They're going to make sure the concept works. Because if you can't get into the core concept of mostly naval battle-driven gameplay, it's not going to matter if they add, like, minuscule, arcade-ish hand-to-hand combat, melee-driven combat. That's You know what I'm saying? No one's going to give a frick. They have to prove the concept first. Can you fill a game funnel? Can you can you build a game where people are playing, enjoying, and, and, and diving in and supporting it where it's primarily naval combat? There's no sense in building out a melee-driven hand-to-hand system if, if the game's concept doesn't get off the dadgum ground. Does that make sense? It's like, you gotta get this game's concept off the ground. If you can get it off the ground, then sure. You're, you're good you're good to go go for it you 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 can then you can then know that like hey we're 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 able we're able to 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 do this we can actually add this sort of um you know what do you what do you call it we went live with over t- almost yeah almost 10,000 impressions I'm just checking on the back end creature because we can't see it once we're not live Lono, it's free with sprinkling of micro. Lono is free with the sprinkling of micro transactions. That's true. That's true, Robert. 
Just bring Dark Souls combat, melee combat into Skull and Bones and I'm down? I highly doubt that. Could be shooting like using firearms or generic AC combat. Remember, AC melee combat up until Unity is just counter kill, where you could be surrounded by 50 guys and kill them all. Yeah, largely influenced by Batman's combat system, yes. You basically just hit the X button until it tells you to press Y to counter. It's like X, 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 X. Time to hit Y. X, 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 X. And then after like two minutes, everyone's on the everyone's dead. <laughs> or in Batman's case, everyone's knocked out. <laughs> yeah. But do you see the point that I'm making? Like, you can't. I, I don't think you can justify building melee combat systems and shooting combat systems if the core... Because if the core game, even if they add that, the core game is still going to be 80% you, you you know, roaming around on a boat. Like, that's still the core game. <coughs> that's still the core gameplay. And if that's the core gameplay and that doesn't get off the ground, well, then you've wasted development time on all this combat. You've wasted development time on, on like, shooting and sword fighting because it's like, well, the game didn't get off the ground. But if the game gets off the ground, think about what that would do to the content loop. Like, you would enhance it and make it feel, you know, wow, like, they're, they're really taking this game seriously. They just added a whole new content loop of getting off the boat, getting, you know, getting into sword fights, getting into duels. Yeah, duels like in Tsushima, maybe. I don't know. The combat in Phoenix Rising before you get magic powers was very Souls-like combat. They could funnel that across? I don't, I don't know about that. I don't, I didn't feel like Phoenix's combat was like Souls game. It was, oh, it was extremely accessible. Souls Combat's just not accessible at all. I think there were influences, but I just don't know if I agree with that. I really liked Phoenix Rising, but I don't know if I'm willing to say that before you had magic, it was Souls-like combat. It was more like Assassin's Creed-style combat than anything. As long as they've been working on it, they may, they may have added it. Odyssey, oh yeah, that's true, but again, they could have that shelved. Think about it like this too, Reese's. The game would feel significantly bettered by it if you get it later. That's like you create the vacancy and then you fill the vacancy. That's like taking a page out of Bungie's book, right? You launch the game without it, and then your first, you know, three months later, your first update, your first big push, we've added a whole new suite of content. We have dual contracts, we have assassination contracts, bounty contracts, you can hop on the boat, you can try and fight your way to the captain, you can then duel the captain, Uh, you can get off on islands, and you can peruse around, and there's wildlife, and there's marauders, and there's, there's savages, there's all these things on the islands that'll attack you, and then you've got your gun, you've got your blade, like, that would make the game feel like it's evolving and expanding, instead of like, well, no, here's literally everything, and they'll add like a battle pass or something later for honor combat would make people lose interest yeah that's a high learning curve I agree with that for honors kind of tough to get into call of duty devs discuss whether cosmetics will transfer in Warzone. too long didn't read they won't provide an answer yeah because if they provide a definitive answer right now Eugene it'll discourage people from buying anything in Warzone one they're not going to transfer if they were going to transfer, they'd say, yep, it's all going to transfer. Keep buying, baby. 
And when they're like, yeah, we don't really know. It's because, well, we don't want to say definitively no because it'll, it'll drive prices, it'll drive purchasing down. So they're basically saying no without saying no. I think it's going to irritate the fire out of people when they do it, personally. Is there a microtransaction to battle me on the island too? <laughs> I don't know. Naval Focus would definitely be the reason most people would get this game. You played Phoenix Rising before you played a Souls game. I played Phoenix after, so I saw the similarities. I guess. They lost 60 million players. Yeah, they've lost a lot of players. Call of Duty's lost a lot of players. Isn't the new Assassin's Creed basically a simpler For Honor combat? No, I don't think anybody would describe it that way. Are we getting NFT ships? Hopefully not. Tell me nothing transfers without telling me nothing transfers. I'm so confused at the expectation that my items from one game would be available in another. It makes no sense to me. I think it makes perfectly good sense given the game type. This is not going from Diablo 1 to 2 or Diablo 2 to 3 where you start a brand new character and part and parcel of that journey is earning new loot and starting over. These are battle royales. That's one of the central tenets and value points is getting all the stuff. Imagine if a Fortnite 2 came out and they didn't let you keep all your skins. You can say it's a silly expectation and I can say it's a silly thing to do to your consumer base that just spent five years and thousands of dollars amassing all these cosmetics. Do you want them to jump into the new game or not? Make it as easy as possible. Like, you gain so much by letting people bring everything with them. Now, I understand Warzone 2 is in a unique situation because they're trying to switch engines and leave behind the cumbersome disaster that is Warzone. Granted. I will grant that point. Consumer doesn't give a frick about that. All the consumer knows is, I just dedicated X number of years and X number hundreds of if not thousands of dollars to this game and you want me to come to play the new one and set all of that aside? Okay. You gain way more. You gain way more as the developer by making it really easy for people to jump into the new game. Oh yeah, you keep all your stuff, no problem. Oh yeah, yeah. Because then you have tons of confidence going into the new game and purchasing stuff. Tons of confidence going in and saying, well, there's no reason to stay here now. I have every reason to go over to the new game. I think the developers lose by not letting people bring it with them. I'm not saying that people are entitled. I'm saying the developers stand to lose a whole lot more by, by not creating that easy, slick catalyst. Yeah, come over to the new game. Yeah, keep spending. We got a whole new suite of skins and a whole new suite of stuff. We've added new cosmetic items that didn't even exist in the last game. To be quite honest, they're going to stop using all the old stuff anyway. They're going to want to use the new stuff. They're going to want to use the new stuff. Skins transfer from Overwatch to Overwatch 2. Oh, do they? It'll hurt spending in the long run. Yeah, I don't think it's a good decision. What? Like, I'm just curious, what do you benefit? Other other than to sound like a boomer scolding somebody who's too entitled, like, what do you end up doing? Because that's what you end up sounding like. It's a new game. Just suck it up, cupcake. Wait, wait, what? Wait, I, I, I just played your game for thousands of hours and spent hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, and, and, and I'm supposed to shelve all that? Because you want to launch a 2.0? What? 
Huh? Huh? Do you, want, do you want me to spend more money in your new game? Do you want me to spend more time in your new game? You want loyalty? You want investment? You want a healthy player base? Then you better not treat me like I'm being some sniveling, whiny, entitled gamer. I just want to bring with me what I paid for. Seems like an odd expectation. I think it seems like an odd expectation in certain games. I don't think it's an odd expectation in games like that. Because what else is there? Creature, think about the primary catalyst for the sticky engagement. What is it? It's it's not it's not just the gameplay anymore. Listen, we've talked about this. I, I'm, I'm going to land this plane really, really well right now. And here's how I'm going to do this. We have debated time and time and time again. One of the primary reasons that Halo Infinite failed is it stretched the battle pass too long. And why did we say that? We said players need more than just gameplay. They need a sense of progress and reward. They want to see that reward on their player. They want to feel that sense of investment. They want to have there to be a visible testimony of what they've done in the game. Outside of the gameplay, that is the primary driver of re-engagement and incentivization for playing and spending. The two most important things for a battle royale is playing and spending. That is quite literally the other pillar of a battle royale. There's the gameplay, and then there's the cosmetics. Those are like the two things that keep people coming back. A battle pass and earning stuff and looking awesome and getting skins. That's it. Those are the two cylinders of the engine. And you want people to jump over from your first game to your second game, and you want them to trip on hundreds of hours and hundreds if not thousands of hours of investment and money to be like, well, no, none of that comes with you. The the literal second piece of the game that mattered to you is gone. But come and play the new game and spend more money and spend more time and unlock and get stuff. No! It's a, it, 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 it will break down player incentivization and player spending and player engagement because it, it quite literally is half of the game. It's half of Fortnite. Look at Fortnite, how they built it with the crew and the battle pass and the unlocks and the V-Bucks and the skins. Look at all of that and tell me that a Fortnite 2 would not let everybody bring everything with them. It would, it would break down what, what quite literally is... It's 50% of the game's incentivization and structure. Just... Gone. You're starting over. It's odd to expect it in the 24th title. Ah, see, that's the mistake you're making. It's not the 24th title. It's the continuation of the Battle Royale. You have to look at it the way that I just explained. You have to look at it. The little rant I just went on is how people look at these games. That's like saying we're starting Reforged Radio, but you can't bring any of the memes. You're quite, you're quite literally making it easy for people to say "f your game." Yeah, like if a four, I'm telling you right now, if a Fortnite two came out, they would bring everything over, or they that that's just pure idiocy. It's pure idiocy. These games have been massively successful because they've tapped into the two things that drive player engagement a sense of progression and a good loop of gameplay when those two things hum you get 10 million players a month in Warzone you get the fastest growing video game in history with Fortnite like that's what you get because you're firing on both cylinders if you if you yank one of those cylinders out of the engine that car breaks down like that people are like what the frick no that's literally what we've been saying about Halo 
We can't sit here and criticize Halo and say that people need more than gameplay, they need a sense of progression, and the store and the battle pass have to be better. We can't say all that and say, no, yeah, it's totally fine. Hundreds of hours and dollars and and and, and time and money spent in the game disappearing into thin air when you play the next one. What? 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 It's not going from Call of Duty Cold War to Call of Duty Modern Warfare to Call of Duty Vanguard. You're going from Warzone to Warzone 2. You're, you're, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I see where Creature's coming from. He's like, it's a brand new title. And we do know about the background engine difficulties. And they're trying to they're trying to navigate that. They're trying to, uh, je- you know, jettison the old clunky, cumbersome system where it's hard for them to debug and find problems. And that might be a massive, massive task. Why are skins from Master Chief Collection not an infinite? Because the degree of separation there is significantly greater. Master Chief Collection was a collection of all of the old games remastered for fans to play. Infinite is a brand new title. Warzone is not the Master Chief Collection. Warzone is an insanely successful printing money battle royale. And when you come out with the sequel to it, basically Warzone 2.0, you're going to break that funnel of printing money by being like, you leave everything behind. You have to see the difference between going from Master Chief Collection to Infinite. It's not the same as going from Warzone to Warzone 2. It's not. Why are skins from Reach not an Infinite? Degree of separation. Degree of separation. Like, like Halo 5 to now. It's, 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 it's so massive. The, the difference is Warzone's happening right now. It's an ongoing player base. It's billions of people playing. Billions. Millions. Sorry. Millions of people playing right now. And you want them to go from here to here. Like Halo 5 and old Halo games? No one's freaking playing those games. It's a brand new game. It's a brand new day. But going from Warzone to Warzone 2, if you want people to go from Warzone 1 to Warzone 2 and you don't honor their purchases, well, I, I got I got bad news for you. I got bad news for you. You're gonna have bad adoption of the new game and bad spending. The only reason you have decent adoption is within the next-gen category because people are going to want to play the, the latest and the greatest and the hottest. But, buddy, you don't honor their spending, and you're going to hurt You're going to hurt incentivization to spend. There's a giant difference between going from Warzone 1 to Warzone 2 than going from a sequel that hasn't seen an update or a game or, or anything for years. Like, Warzone's getting patched all the time. Warzone is ending and Warzone 2 is starting? That's not true. Warzone will continue on. Don't you see the difference? They just stop supporting games like Halo Reach and Halo 5. They just stop supporting them. Community dwindles. It's not an ongoing game. If you think when Warzone 2 launches, they're not going to continue to support Warzone 1, you're out of your head. You are absolutely bonkers insane if you think they're going to do that. You belong in an insane asylum. If you think that they're going to stop supporting Warzone 1. <laughs> no way! There will be at least a one to two year handoff. And you're going to want people to go from Warzone 1 to Warzone 2. You're going to want, you're going to want that to happen. Eventually, yes, Warzone 1 gets shuttered. But after Warzone 2 launches, I bet you Warzone 1 supported for another five years. Easy. Easy. It'll be continually supported with a battle pass and bug fixes and patches. Why? Because the adoption of the next-gen consoles is going to take so dadgum long. 
You're gonna have to, you, it's it's printing money. It'll take them it'll take them five years to shutter to shutter Warzone Five. Divine support, regular patches, updates, and battle passes. They'll end of life at two years. No, five years minimum. Five years minimum. Look at GTA Five. You do not take a title like that and a revenue funnel like that and shutter it that quickly. Two years is just a blip. It's going to take a minimum of five years before they shut down Warzone 1. Absolutely not. The adoption of next-gen consoles is too slow. The distribution of the next-gen consoles is too slow. Absolutely not. They have so many PlayStation players. Oh my gosh. No way. No way. Their shareholders would absolutely shred. They wouldn't even let them do it. They wouldn't let them do it. Their their shareholders would would shred them. You talk about just an insane amount of revenue loss. Just that that's that is absolute bonkers insane to think they're gonna do that. It's bonkers. This is a one topic day. Yeah, there wasn't enough to talk about. We're gonna be switching to the the, the Eldering uh No Summons playthrough in just a moment. Which speaking of which, we wanna keep these streams under three hours, so we're at the we got we got about we got a little bit of time before we're gonna shift. I'm gonna take a quick break and hit some ads. Okay? Consider becoming a paying member. It gets you access to an extra stream. Uh, it gets you access to an extra stream on Thursday afternoons and an extra stream on Friday nights. Friday nights, we have drinks. I play games with my wife. It's hilarious. That's also when we do community game night. Once a month, we pick a game and we play it. We've not picked one this month yet. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll be Warzone. I don't know. In any case, in any case, consider becoming a member. We're trying to get six members a day to get a 600-member goal, and then my wife has to play Elden Ring on stream, Okay. Last month it was 500. We didn't hit it, but I'm, I'm making you swing a little harder this month because you got more time to work on it. Okay. Also consider ordering some coffee. The two best ways to support the channel monetarily is buying some coffee. If you're a coffee drinker and you've never had coffee, uh, with oh maybe Halo because the new season, the new season uh, launches. Maybe we should do some Halo community game night. Um, if you've never had coffee with balanced acidity, you should check out our coffee. It's not a sponsor. It's ours. It's in my house. My wife and kiddos ship it to you. Uh, also consider the paid membership. It's totally free to smash the like button and the subscribe button. Monday through Friday, we're doing a safer week v- variety video game talk show like this. If you don't see me in your recommended feed, check your subscription feed in my channel every day. I'm live every day of the week and YouTube sometimes kind of messes with live streams and you won't see me, okay? So make sure and check in those locations. All right, I almost never run ads. And that's why we really push the, the the membership because we don't we don't run ads we don't really make money on the ads the way that other bigger channels do we live off the membership but I do run ads when I step away don't go anywhere I will be right back.
Oh, okay. If you're watching on TikTok, you're going to have to head to youtube.com slash reforge gaming if you want to see the next stream because it is gameplay. We're hoping that this this no summons playthrough starts to get maybe a little bit more traction because we actually think it's going to end up being a very good playlist uh, playing the entire game. Just no summons at all. I actually am really enjoying it. It's it's challenging but I am enjoying it. But if you're watching on TikTok, you will have to head over uh, to, to watch us on YouTube. I don't have a way of showing you gameplay. I don't know if we ever will. I know you can like apply um, to get that, but um, I don't know if we'll ever do that. It would require my second computer to, to be the, the broadcasting source, and that's just a dadgum headache. Like, it's one thing to press the button on my phone and have it set up like this with the camera and a microphone. Like, it's the same microphone, right? So it just, that takes, it takes, like, minimal effort. Um, takes, like, minimal effort. But we, uh, yeah. I don't know if we're ever gonna get to the point where we're doing that. That's just gonna be a lot of work. I would need to see a really strong impetus to do that on uh, TikTok. We would need to see significantly more viewership over there over the over the months to warrant it. So, if the impetus is there, if the impetus is there, we we will we will obviously, um, you know, say, hey, man, the, the support over there is crazy. Viewership's nuts. We better start putting gameplay over there, right? Um, but currently, currently. We're in what I would consider to be a, a pretty obvious building phase over there, um, so it's just gonna it's just gonna take a while. Friday night chair only stream for tier members. Oh, somebody's made that name. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and hide that. And I don't I don't like uh, parody accounts. Don't like parody accounts, sorry, because then I don't know who you are, and then other people do it, and I think it's, I actually find it annoying. I don't mean to be like grumpy grandpa that like tells the kids to stop playing in the yard, but I have never liked that. Personal preference, I like to know who I'm talking to. I don't like parody accounts. Okay. Now that we've been blinded, let's put that back on. Uh, we're gonna have to go to HDMI Live Two. 
Okay. Let me end the poll, and then I'll give you guys a link of where we're heading. All right, that's where we're heading. Stop the music. <laughs> I'm not great at math, but your poll's missing a percentage. It does that sometimes. Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be continuing our Elden Ring live gameplay no summons playthrough. Okay, so we're playing through the entire game, every dungeon, every boss, every open world section. With no summons, we've really adjusted our approach. I've really, really done my absolute best uh, to to do that. If you're over in the last stream, I don't need to change the title. We're going to do a redirect, and you can click the link in the description to come with us. If you're watching the VOD, I did a live stream this morning talking about Skull and Bones, and I'm going to be bringing the people over from that stream here uh, in just a moment and allowing them uh, to enjoy the new stream. 